Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Luke Radowski here of thebestpoliticalshow.com, as of course we are going to be going live for the next two hours discussing all the latest crazy news coming in right now, as of course we have some more surprising comments from Tucker Carlson regarding Boris Johnson as the President of the United States just made a speech promising more aid to Ukraine. How is that going to be happening with, of course, Assange's faith in question as well. Lots to discuss, especially when it comes to a procedure that a lot of people extorted people to take that now is coming out as being linked to having some adverse side effects. What's really going on here? Well, we're going to be talking about that plus a lot more all for the next two hours. So make sure to share this broadcast with your friends and family members. It is more imperative than ever. As, of course, uh, the YouTube algorithm isn't really that friendly to us, but you guys going out there, being proactive and saying, hey, these guys are going to be live for the next two hours talking about all the latest stuff as it develops really does mean a lot to us. So sincerely, thank you for sharing this broadcast with your friends and family members, a broadcast that, of course, you guys get to participate in. And one way to participate with this conversation is just by simply signing up to LukeUnfiltered.com. And then by doing so, you get a Telegram channel. I am in that Telegram channel right now. And if you guys want to call in, if you guys want to ask questions, you can right now just by simply signing up to LukeUnfiltered.com. Josh, if you're watching, let's spam it in the comment section down below, as of course, we will also be reading Rumble Rants, Super Chats, and of course, MySuperChats.com, our own kind of little workaround around the 30% service charge that YouTube charges. MySuperChats.com, the link is in the description, as of course, your text also will show up on screen as of course we will be doing everything in our power to read every and single super chat which means a lot to this independent media organization which is sustained through your support now of course we have a lot of really crazy things to discuss joining us for this conversation is morgan Morgan, for the people who might not know you, who are you and how would you introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Morgan. I'm a Gen Zer. I'm 24 and I'm a Turning Point USA contributor. Thank you, Luke, for having me on. I'm really excited to give the Gen Z perspective and talk about all these crazy things going on in our country and world. What gen are you, Clint? Uh, I'm a boomer, technically. Uh, at <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm the boomer. <laughs> <laughs> at Liberty Lockpot on X, if you want to follow me, Clint Russell's the name. Liberty Lockdown's the show. I'm also the co-host of The Best Political Show, which is what you're watching right now. Make sure that you pick up your phone and you go to your favorite podcatcher and you enter in Liberty Lockdown and you enter in The Best Political Show and you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I also co-host Tower Gang. Do not watch that. Steph's on the buttons. Hey, everyone. This is Steph. We are change. I'm here on the buttons. Let's we're, go. We're working out a, a bunny cam for Steph yes. as well. Steph has a has a bunny that uh, might be making an appearance here with the real co-host of the show, Atlas, who is here right now in the corner. But that's later developments. As of course, uh, everyone's excited that Steph is here. Everyone's very excited about your um, input here and perspectives. As of course, we have a lot to discuss. As Tucker Carlson recently had an interview with Glenn Beck, where he went off on a lot of different topics, but more particularly, I found this segment of him talking about U.S. democracy the most interesting. Here it is, without any interruptions. They haven't released the JFK files right. over 60 years later. I know. Okay, no president. That's just one. We have over a billion classified documents. So it's not a, it's not a democracy in the sense that they told us it was. And I think it can be fixed. I think the president's primary power is his communication with the public. And I continue to think that any president who decided to go 
right to social media, like a direct feed. Here's what I know. Here's what's going on. He could harness the power of the population, um, and he could make a change. I mean, look, it's the U.S. The federal government's the largest organization in human history. You can't, you're probably not going to change it in four years, but you could make this country more democratic. And you know what you could certainly do is change the conversation away from where they want it, which is getting black people and white people to hate each other. Okay. Race hate is a manufactured phenomenon in this country for the most part. Yeah. And it's actually provable. It happened during Occupy Wall Street in 2012. The mentions of white supremacy and racism in the New York Times went up hundreds of fold. So this is an intentional strategy to get people to hate each other on the basis of race. And as I walk around this country, I'm really surprised by how little race hatred there is. It actually hasn't worked for anyone. Most yeah. Americans don't want to do that. And they don't want to talk about foreign policy and the economy, which are the core functions of state. And on those two topics, like, why do private equity people pay half the tax rate that you do? Like, yeah. that seems like a kind of an interesting right. conversation. Shut up! Is it a democracy? No, it's supposed to be a democratic republic, which it isn't even that. As, of course, there's a lot of things happening within the United States that Tucker Carlson brought up that do threaten the existence of our civil society that likes to purport itself as some kind of bastion of freedom. When in reality, there's a lot of things that I think we should be looking introspectively, especially when it comes to our kind of pointing of the finger at Russia to say, hey, I, th I think there's a lot of things we need to fix Tucker brought up race relations. He brought up Occupy Wall Street. But uh, what do you guys think should be the first thing to kind of address when it comes to dealing with the larger problems of uh, not being a democracy? Well, I think first and foremost, the American people ought to reflect on how we got to where we're at and whether or not... Atlas, leave it. And whether or not democracy is actually the remedy or if that's actually why we're in the position that we're in. I think that the reality is, is that the electorate, as well as the political class realized that they could vote their way into free stuff and therefore uh, the capitalist framework, the free market has has seen its demise in that. Calm down. Um, so I think I think that's square one. As to whether or not we could get back to it, I think the truth is, is that you would need a leader uh, that is willing to literally risk his life. You'd have to be willing to risk everything. What you're up against is the the largest financial really oligopoly, monopoly uh, that has ever existed in human history. They will do anything to stop you. I think Trump knows that. I think that anybody that's being honest about the political establishment today knows that. Uh, and I'm not at all sure Trump has the courage to do so, but... I don't know that anybody does. Yeah, he's bringing up the fact of, of freedom being directly under attack. And it's been attacked for a very long time under Republican administrations, Democratic administrations. And I, I think we are reaching a point where a lot of people around the world are saying, you're going to be lecturing us about democracy. You're going to be lecturing us about freedom when you have uh, so many cases where you clearly violate that, especially when it comes to going after political opponents, going after people on January 6th. And I do think we are at a, a, a big moment moment in human history where there's two paths kind of laid out to us. One is total liberty, total personal responsibility, total freedom. And another one is just the total enslavement, pug, uh, bug life eating pod uh, like existence that, of course, is going to be subjugated and controlled like you're a little freaking farm animal. We're going through that farm animal like kind of uh, society. And it, it, it's kind of dangerous because if you look at the way that people lived before, they, they won't even know or, or 
understand basic concepts of freedom that we, we're taken advantage of. I mean, we have been totally taken advantage of by our government. And if you look at just my generation right now, they're moving in that trajectory towards the bug-eating life and the you will own nothing and be happy WEF mentality. And you would be shocked with the amount of college kids now that are okay with that and would rather have less freedom than more freedom if it's helping the environment, if it's helping the world, but they don't actually know that the policies and the people that they're voting in are directly taking away those freedoms for them. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the government has gotten away with taking advantage of our freedom, taking away our freedom. And I, I agree. I think it's going to take someone who's willing to put their life on the line to turn our country around. And I, I agree. I don't, I love Donald Trump. I don't know if he's going to be the person for that, if it's going to happen in the next four years. I think this is going to be, you know, this is going to take decades to do the reverse damage of what our government has been doing without us knowing. P people in the comment section are saying Atlas got rattled by uh, an acorn uh, tree. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, we, we shot the acorn tree down. Don't worry, we took care of it. Just <laughs> just like a, a proud Florida man would. Uh, but uh, sorry, Clint, you were, you were saying. Uh, no, I was just going to say, well, where was I going with this? No, oh, no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious what, what it is about. I mean, I think that it's, I have my own answers as to mm -hmm. why your generation has, has kind of gone along with the get in the pot, eat the bugs yeah. mentality. And I think a lot of it has to do with public school as well as obviously social media and, and then Hollywood telling them that yeah. you're only a good person if you go along with this. And, and many of them, for whatever reason, seem to be very concerned with uh, social approval and not, not standing out. Like the, right. my, my generation was more like individualist and we would say things that were inappropriate and we didn't really care. And that was kind of, that was like, what cool was right. and now now this generation it seems like what cool is is to say whatever jp morgan uh chase tells you is the cool thing to say and that is bizarre yeah i was going to ask you morgan because you talk to a lot of young people it does seem like they are being conditioned they are being Absolutely. assimilated in so many negative pathways whether i mean the the, the first time i kind of saw it was a few years ago with like degenerate rap and people uh, chugging down freaking cough syrup and prescription drugs and and making big pharma trendy in rap music videos and i'm like wait wait hold, hold on if you look at everything that they're incentivizing everything that they're pushing towards it's it's helping out the most powerful the most richest industries in the united states it's almost as if there's a larger con game and they hijacked culture and society to push some of the most destructive degenerate nonsense on the youth and i would say they won and the young people are losing, but that's my perspective. What, what's your understanding of no, it? No, the de definitely the young people are the ones that are taking the fall for everything that has been happening. I mean, social media, 100%. And that's what how even pharma has infiltrated our generation is through social media and continuing to push that. I mean, now women and men are hooked on SSRIs tenfold than we've ever seen before. And people are entirely unhappy. And then on top of that, you have Hollywood industry, 100%. You have the school systems in our country, which have been socially and psychologically conditioning our generation into that pathway. And I think what's so appealing about, you know, the more leftist mindset, the, oh, I just want to care for everybody when you're really not caring for anybody other than yourselves, is the, you know, reducing student loan debt. I talked to a lot of college students like, well, you know, Biden wants to reduce student loan debt. And I'm like, well, has he reduced any of your debt? No. And so is it really working? No. Uh, you know, it's, it's the debt. It's the, you know, the health care. I want universal health care for everybody. That's a...
Very, very common issue that I hear at schools, climate change. And then I even asked students this last week at UT Austin, would you eat less meat in the name of climate change? And I would say about 60 to 70 percent said yes. And wow. that is crazy. And then I followed up and said, would you eat insects? And a lot of them said, no, they would not go as far to eat insects. But I think that's very telling that it, you've conditioned nearly an entire generation, I would say about 60 to 70%, because there are a very large group of conservatives, of people that are speaking up. I'm not totally black-pilled, like, you know, the world is ending. Sure. But I do think that Gen Z has been bought into the lies of, you know, I'm going to listen to the government blindly. If someone on social media says it, then it's true. And it's a really, really dangerous mindset to have. There's so many aspects of this that I think are worth considering. The, the meat aspect is is another one, as, of course, the, the New York Post and other corporate media outlets recently ran a piece saying protein is bad for you. And then when you, when you kind of Crazy. looked at the, the study that allegedly protein damages arteries, what, what kind of protein did they use? Did, did they use beef liver? Did they use uh, steak? Did they use filet mignon? Did they use ribeyes? Nope. They used Boost products <laughs> that are filled with horrible freaking ingredients. And uh, yeah, no wonder you got negative results when you used artificial glucose syrup, canola oil, freaking soy juice. And gee, oh, 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 proteins. But no, it's not. Uh, again, it's absolutely freaking ridiculous. Now, again, some people are, are even allergic to meat. So not a medical professional, not here to tell you what to do. But it does seem like there's a concerted effort in order to keep you fat, in order to keep you stupid, in order to keep you dumb. And looking at America's youth right now, um, game over. GG, well played. It's done. Uh, we've been conquered. We've been subjugated. That's my point of view. Am I too blackpilled? Is there some hope here? Do you see any hope here? I think there is a lot of hope, and, and I and I hate the black pill mentality because I think it's going to take more people like us, like many other Gen Zers, to continue and be the opposition and you know stand out, be an individual, and don't conform to the groupthink mentality because that's when we start to lose. You know, we've got to keep being on social media no matter how many times we get banned because if one person is having a conversation with another, I think you can change their minds. I think you can plant the seeds, and, and like the meat thing, I think is honestly a winning argument because I don't think that majority of our generation is really going to say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to eat any meat at all again. Same thing with like women in birth control. I think that that's a huge waking up moment. So I think there's a lot of issues that can be pinpointed within Gen Z that can start to peel back the layers of the onion and really reveal, hey, the government's been lying to you what, for your whole life. Yeah, there's another article here just really quick uh, before we go back to Clint from sure. the Daily Mail talking about how too much exercise can kill you, especially if you're a white man. <laughs> Study <laughs> finds 7.4 hours a week of fitness double your risk of heart attack are you freaking killing me like <laughs> yes you are it's ridiculous i saw this i was like i gotta work out twice as hard now um clint saw this was like yes i got an out <laughs> i'm just joking clint. i'm just busting your balls. I'm just, I, I i usually work out about five or six hours a week so i'm safe thank goodness um you guys we should just use some common sense like we don't need to look at these articles to tell us that a healthy balance is what we need to do yeah, no, of course. I, but I mean, I think that what this really is, is just propaganda. They're, they're trying to convince you that it's actually healthier to not be healthy. I mean, I, I don't know how, how it's uh, you know viable, how it actually sticks with anybody. But I think for a lot of people that are sitting on their couches, they read that and they go, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, but I think that the reality is, is that that 
being self-sustaining both economically, financially, because by becoming an entrepreneur so that you're not under the, the framework of the corporate environment where you have the ESG DEI nonsense, which makes it impossible for you to speak out. I think that that's really important. I think that getting in shape so that you you don't have to rely on the government, you don't need to worry about uh, free health care. If you're in your 20s, you really shouldn't be so concerned about health care. Uh, I didn't go to the hospital, I don't think at all, except for when I broke my arm. Um, so it's like, they, they just seem to have these people under their thumb. And then on top of that, they go to these four-year colleges that puts them into tens and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt for a degree that ultimately only demonstrates that they've been indoctrinated into a, a skill set which probably won't be utilized in the workforce. And and ultimately, it shows that they're really prone to groupthink. And that is not at all what an entrepreneur or a CEO ought to be looking for. And oftentimes, more and more often, they're not looking for that. So these people end up becoming baristas sitting on six figures worth of debt, and then they turn to Biden and they go, save me, daddy. I yeah. mean, it's pathetic. Well, these people are pathetic. A, a lot of young kids are going to hospitals more than ever. Uh, a yeah. lot of them for anxiety, a lot of them because of obesity. Now there's turbo cancers that we can't talk about now that we're going to have to talk about on Rumble. There's a lot of things where the children aren't all right. And I kind of right. want to leave the question, is it the chicken or is it the egg? Is it the children or is it the biological chemical war that's being waged? against these children ever since they're born as they're literally told to suckle on baby formula filled with seed oils. Um, and, and when you have such an upbringing and when you have such a chemical kind of war, a lot of people say, oh, this is all pure capitalism. These, these are corporations putting ingredients that poison people for capitalism. I don't think it is. I, I don't know how conspiratorial you get, Morgan, but I'm, I go deep down the rabbit hole. I'm like, there's a full all-out agenda to make you question your sexuality, question your gender, to not be yeah. healthy, to not be fit, and to uh, be a little effeminate uh, soy boy consumer that, of course, does everything that they're told and doesn't question authority. Well, they've been blurring the lines between gender already within the last decade. I mean, longer than that. But I think the food in industry has been engineered against the American people. And the ingredients that are marketed to us are horrible to where if you were to just eat more protein, eat some grass-fed, grass-finished beef, and eat raw, real ingredients and cook a normal meal, which is such <laughs> a myth that that costs more than, you know, eating some Kellogg's uh, cereal, which we now found out that contains forever chemicals in them and 80% of Americans that are eating those ingredients are being poisoned every single yeah. day. Seamus Coughlin you know, like, brought Cheerios into this house. I will never forgive him. <laughs> I, have, I have ridiculed him extensively. Seamus Coughlin, a fluoride drinking, wow. Cheerio sucking down Irish fellow that is not in the best of health. I'll just leave it at that. Sorry, Morgan, I cut you off. They're poisoning us. Like the, the, At the end of the day, they are poisoning every single one of you that are eating these products, and it's going to take multiple people to realize you know they're lying to you i mean same with working out whoever said oh without you know not working out is healthy for you said nobody ever i think it really is gonna take just common sense and not listening to the mainstream propaganda telling you what's healthy and what's not seamus coglin the, the, the poor guy he's he's 24 years of age he looks like he's 50 yeah. 50 years old. Sorry. No, no, hey, yeah, it's hey, true. The guy probably will need a new liver soon. Sh Seamus looks like he could be my dad with his failing liver. Um, <laughs> look, we I, love I, you, Seamus. We to, love you. You're go, my best pal. Don't forget. <laughs> that's right. That's why he has a shirt with him on it. Uh, to go back to, to Luke's question about, you know, whether or not it's the, you know, chicken and the egg. I think that it's, it's obviously there's dietary issues that have uh, really crippled an entire generation and certainly the the pharmaceuticals that they've put children on uh, mm -hmm. at huge percentages has been absolutely catastrophic and I feel I feel very badly for them um, 
let's add to that. I think that parenting has has really been uh, awful for decades. Not not all everybody, obviously, but uh, a huge percentage. They they decided to allow public school to raise their kids. They became less and less attentive. They put them on iPads and iPhones and whatever, and and just kind of kind of gave up on being the attentive parent that would actually be able to sculpt a child into something that that could be productive and independent on its own. And once you do that for an entire generation, you end up with uh, millions and millions of people that just turn to the government and say, save me. And I think that's what we're witnessing. And unfortunately, uh, this is exactly what the government wants. And I think that this is why libertarian and conservative movements, especially amongst the youth, is really important. And I hope that because it is kind of the counterculture and the counterculture is actually more productive in terms of getting happier outcomes, more productive outcomes. Um, I think that it ought to be picking up steam. It ought to be like, just how much misery must you go through before you realize, Oh, everything I'm doing is counterproductive. Like my life sucks. I, I hope that they'll, they'll realize it soon. Someone in the comment section said, Seamus wasn't eating Lucky Charms? That's blasphemous. <laughs> I, know. I know. It was Cheerios, which, again, was linked to a pesticide that, of course, uh, I, I got to be fam- I gotta be family friendly here, and we got to be careful because we're also on YouTube. But uh, let's just say makes gentlemen question their uh, preferences or, or, you know, has a biological effect on them that uh, is uh, for the outcome of the DEI, a larger kind of central controllers that she- want you in a specific she- way. Seamus she- want- doesn't eat Lucky Charms because he doesn't get high off his own supply. <laughs> <laughs> Great comment, um, as, of course, we have a rumble rant by Ricky Ace One, who says, until people challenge their friends and relatives to delete Facebook and TikTok, we are all doomed. I, I wanted to ask you uh, about that specifically, Morgan, because some people are saying, get off social media. Ooh. Other people like Vivek Ramaswamy are saying, no, get on social media, be mm-hmm. a part of that conversation. I'm kind of mixed on that, but I, I, I do believe this is this is, this is is important why we're, we're talking about the youth of this country, because this is the threat to democracy. Democracy. When kids are raised to be essentially communists, to not be responsible for themselves or their actions, they're going to become the next future leaders and consumers of the United States that is down a pathway of total totalitarianism and communism because the people are literally being bred to be obedient to that. Yeah. This is why this is the threat to democracy that I think is here. It's visceral. How do we tackle it? How do we address it? Do we use TikTok? Do we use Facebook? That's what I always say, that social media is legal psychological warfare that is being used and engineered against specifically Gen Z. I think it is important for us to be on the platforms, even though we do face censorship. I myself have been banned off TikTok six times, so I've almost given up on the platform. I still have an account, but I do think it's important for conservatives and libertarians and just free thinkers to have a voice on every single platform, even if there is pushback. I mean, obviously, if you get permanently banned, that's one thing. But, you know, if we're not on there and we're not saying the truthful things of this world than who is because otherwise you know like to your point with parenting we have gotten ourselves in a situation where millennial parents right now that are raising gen alphas they're putting their kids in front of an ipad and trusting that youtube kids trusting that tiktok is okay for their kids to be watching not even realizing the pornographic material that they're seeing not realizing the anti-american rhetoric that's being spewed there the communism that's being spewed all across these platforms And, and it's really scary it's And I think parents need to recognize, first of all, what their children are watching and monitoring what their children are watching. And then twofold, conservatives need to be the ones making alternative content for children, making alternative content for our generation. Otherwise, you know, 
the communists and the crazies are going to continue. A question for you. It seems like over the past decade, basically since the Barack Obama administration, and it's certainly like its apex with Trump, was that anybody that classified as anything other than a Democrat, libertarian, mm-hmm. conservative, whatever, they were always labeled as racist, homophobic, right. sexist, blah, blah, blah. Um, it seems to me, and maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me as if those labels have lost their teeth. I don't see them used as readily or as freely. Yeah. They seem to not have much value when they are used. Is that is that allowing for more people in the 20-year-old range to, to start to think for themselves? I think so. I think the left lost their minds so much back in that era by calling conservatives every single name in the book. I've been called every name in the book that they've lost all of their weight to where now I'm even meeting with high school students that are in turning point chapters. And I mean, 16, 17-year-old kids do not care if you call them a racist, you call them a homophobe. They're like, okay, like I, I know my truth. I know that that's not the case. Like you're going to call me a name. It has no effect on me, my life, or any of the truth that I'm saying. So th- those words have lost meaning yeah, too. hundred like, percent. They don't mean anything like they used to. Yeah, yeah. it's like the irrelevant dictionary. Yeah. I think we need to make a playbook well, of it. That, I'm, I'm just grateful to hear that because I, I think that particularly in like the 2016-17 arena, it still very much had teeth to it. And mm-hmm. people were horrified to be, I mean, I, I would I would receive messages from people. And I'm not, I wasn't even a Trump supporter, yeah. but I would receive messages from people saying like, dude, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't I say can't it. Speak out. I can't I'm speak gonna get out. Fired. You know, yeah. I'm getting less and less of that these days. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like more and more people are starting to just like say, all right, I've had enough. This is all madness. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to speak out at, at some point. So I always call them wussies. Yeah. But, but in they a more were. adult, in a more adult way. Yes. Yes. I was like, you damn big stanky, hairy wussy. <laughs> uh, Family-friendly YouTube here, okay? We're, we're you know we're, we're abiding by your rules and laws, but there's so many people like that, and it, and it's it's a little depressing sometimes because yes. you get people coming up to you being like, "Aren't you afraid that they're gonna kill you?" And I'm like, "Oh, thanks, thanks for for making me think about that. Thanks, thanks, thanks. for you know, putting that in my, in my reality right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it, but uh, I, again, I'm not really a target, but but uh, still, just having that kind of concept that they are so powerful that they could take us out and they could hurt us. There, there is there is a you know a semblance of this because there is a, a kind of middle ground where they do try to scare you. They do mm-hmm. try to intimidate you. We saw that with James O'Keefe. We see that with Julian Assange. And then there's also a, a balance where they know they can't overstep it as right. well. So but, but it, is, it is a very careful here, balance. Here's the important thing, though. If you, if you believe that, if you believe that speaking out jeopardizes your life, has there ever been a more like important time to speak out? Like, are you really just going to go... Well, I guess I'm never going to speak my mind until the day I die. Like, what a crazy perspective to hold, especially in the land of the free, the home of the brave. Like, you've already lost everything if you're going to do that. So people talk to me about that all the time, yeah. especially since I announced to, to run for VP under the Libertarian Party, that they're like, they're like, dude, like, if you guys ever actually have a shot at this, they're going to take you out. It's like, all right, okay. Like that, <laughs> I, I'm not going to live in fear and I'm certainly not going to abandon my principles and allow some sort of like fascistic totalitarian technocracy to take over everything while I say nothing. Am I going to raise my kids in that world? 
F that. Yeah, what, what better way to prove yourself than to go up against Goliath, than yeah, to go yeah. up against something extremely difficult, something that is very hard to do, and that is trying to, of course, change the larger kind of trajectory that the United States is on, as it definitely looks like it's at the end of an empire. But we'll get into that uh, in, in just a little bit, as, of course, I also ask people on YouTube, where do they stand? Do you use social media? Do you not use social media to fight this larger fight? Is the solution not using it? And it looks like the audience is mixed. 55% say yes. And then, of course, people are still voting in right now as we have another Rumble rant by Ricky Ace, who is accusing you of capitulating. I don't think you're capitulating. I think you're describing your, your point of view. And I definitely understand both perspectives here since both of them have merit. Ian Crossland also decided to join in on the conversation. He said, if you use social media, make sure you are a creator and not a sole consumer. Mm. Five to one, create to consume ratio or something like that. And I, I, I do think more people speaking out, more more people voicing their opinion is absolutely important. I love Ian so much. But I, there's an, <laughs> another aspect of this, especially when it comes to the larger manipulation of social media, when it comes to bots, when it comes to... I, I talked about this, I think, 15 years ago. The Israeli government first did this. The U.S. Pentagon does this. The Chinese government does this now. They have fake accounts. They have fake users. And they try to foment... Uh, a larger perspective and perception of, of different of different ideas by liking stuff, disliking stuff, commenting, and we saw unsophisticated elements of this in the beginning of the of the internet 15 years ago, where of course people were just copy pasting the same thing. Now with artificial intelligence, now with potentially quantum computing and even an intelligence that could be more smarter than us. I, I, I think this is a true danger as well that we should be aware of because they could manipulate us to believe something's popular when it's not. They right. could manipulate us to a point where there could be something later down five years that we were manipulated to believe now that we're going to fall for later uh, in, in the future. Terminator-like kind of stuff. You can make sci-fi movies out of this. And uh, that's the stuff that I kind of think about that kind of keeps me up at night, well, thinking about the, the psyop within the psyop within the manipulation <laughs> of the mind control see, and mass hypnosis that, of course, is all being kind of used against us. And then I'm already down the rabbit hole too deep. Well, this, this is why it's so important that we stop worrying about in-group signaling and, and get, going along to get, in, get along. Like, especially with my Twitter experience, like there's a few topics that I've, I've been early on where it felt very much like a bot swarm. Mm -hmm. And and I know that there is obviously opposition to my perspective on certain things, but there's there's these moments where it feels very inorganic. But you just have to be you have to be really steadfast and already know yourself deeply so that you can weather that. And I think that that like forget about whether it's popular or not and the likes or whatever, like just go. Just like if you know what you're there for, dismiss all of the hate. No, yeah. speak your truth. Speak yep. your truth. You know the truth. You know it's fact. You know it's real. And otherwise, you're going to get into the terrible trap of just because somebody said it online, it's true, which doesn't always mean the case. And I think that's what like the psychological warfare effect and everything's a psyop, which I also do believe, is you know <laughs> if enough too. people are talking about it, then it must be true right. without actually backing it up. And so that's what we have to continue to be the opposition. Climate, uh, uh, climate change uh, is uh, the one for your generation. Oh, big time. yeah. Another big time. person uh, joining TikTok is Joe Biden, who uh, came out with a new <laughs> video just a few days ago uh even though there's uh you know some serious concerns about uh tiktok and the, the picture of him oh my goodness this poor old man a lot of people are like why are you showing biden sympathy 
Biden, I think, doesn't even know where he is. The picture that they use from him for from a favorable corporate media outlet just are automatically highlights how there's nothing between his ears. And then, of course, he just released a statement. This is the video. This is the this is the this is not a joke. This is him. Senile, <laughs> looking like a freaking cyborg. No, it's not too good. It's like you just don't see any life in his eyes. Life's as no as he just came out a couple moments ago and said this, specifically when it comes to national security defense. An attack on one is an attack on all. That's what NATO's Article 5 says. It's a simple but powerful concept. And it embodies why one of America's greatest sources of strength is our alliances. They're not what? only important to us, they're important to the rest of the world. In the entire history of NATO, Article 5 has only been invoked once to stand with the United States of America after we were attacked on 9-11. The whole world knows if any adversary were to attack us, our NATO allies would have our back. That and they great. know we would have their backs as well. And that's why what the former president said was so dangerous. He said he would encourage Russia to, and I quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. A statement heard around the world that does nothing but encourage bad behavior. After Putin's most fierce opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, died in a Russian prison last week, the former president, Trump, and other Republicans refused to hold Putin accountable for his death. Instead, Trump said Navalny's death made him realize how bad America is. He said, and I quote, we are a nation in decline. I wonder how many takes it took him to uh, actually get this uh, no, no, video no, off. As, as the video is clearly edited, the guy and barely is and standing he's still up. slurring, even with the edits. No, no, that's no. the crazy And that's the finished product. That's the crazy part the about all of this. The are too long. He's definitely not. He's definitely <laughs> not like, he's, he's, uh, I'm, there, in Men in Black, they had that scene where the guy's face comes off and there's a little uh, green he's alien inside. Coherent. That's literally what it, what, it, what it looks like. It's it, He's not coherent. What, it, what, what kills me AI. about this, though, He's going to get up there. First off, he's taking Trump out of context, and even as a Trump, not not a Trump supporter, it's still offensive to me that you're doing that. He was saying explicitly, if you pay your dues, if you pay your two percent of GDP uh, towards your military, and if you actually fund NATO, then you get defense, and if you don't, you don't. That's what he said. So all of these people, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, the list is almost infinite. You have uh, uh, Darth Vader's daughter, Cheney. Uh, like <laughs> they're all they're all misattributing what Trump was getting at. And let me also add, he said that the only time that Article five has actually been utilized was when our response after 9-11. That was a disaster, Joe. Hello. I don't know if you f paid attention, dude. Like it's family so friendly. Clint. I, family I, I friendly. pulled back. I pulled back. But I'm just saying. And then on top of this, we have Julian Assange, who's just Melting before our eyes in prison, you don't care. You don't bring him up. Do you bring up Gonzalo Lira? You don't bring him up. Why are we going to talk about the opposition leader that was polling at 2% in Russia and whatever transpired with him? I don't care. You are responsible for just demolishing the Bill of Rights by going after Julian Assange. How about you bring back uh, Edward Snowden? How about you... Pardon Ross Albright. How about you do anything to actually represent the the foundation of this this nation? If you're going to pretend as if you're you have the moral high ground, but, you're a scumbag liar. But how do you really feel? I feel angry about it. <laughs> but uh, he released this video specifically going on uh, later, 
and saying that people need to call Congress, that we need to pass this defense bill. We need to give Ukraine $60 billion in order to, of course, go after Vladimir Putin and fight for democracy. And again, just old talking points that don't really amount to anything, as there are a lot of people who are saying, just give them $60 billion more. Everything's going to be fine if that happens. And of course, that is not the case at all here, as the situation in Ukraine definitely took a very negative development as, of course, the Russians recently were able to capture Adivka. And when you look at just the exhaustion on the faces of the Ukrainian troops, when you look at their supply lines, when you look at the larger kind of advantage that Russia has here, $60 billion is going to be a drop in the bucket. They'll be lucky if that money even all directly gets to them, especially in time. And uh, what is that going to do to help them? Nothing. As, of course, Tucker Carlson also made some very interesting comments about uh, Boris Johnson, an individual who previously was the prime minister of the United Kingdom, who has demanded a million dollars from Tucker Carlson to just even to frickin' speak to him, which just shows you that uh, politicians will do anything for a buck. Here's the clip. So I'm over in Moscow, I'm waiting to do this interview, it gets out that we're doing it, and I'm immediately denounced by this guy called Boris Johnson, who was for a short time the Prime Minister of Great Britain. And Boris Johnson calls me a tool of the Kremlin or something, and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of, I mean, his name's not actually Boris, as I'm sure you know, his name is Alex Johnson. He <laughs> right. called himself Boris in mm -hmm. high school. So the guy who calls himself Boris is accusing me <laughs> So I was annoyed, so I put in a, a request for an interview with Boris Johnson, as I have many times, because he's constantly denouncing me as a tool of the Kremlin, he says no. So I'm thinking about this, I'm getting more annoyed. So I know a lot of people who know Boris Johnson. So I reach out to them. Finally, one of his advisors gets back to me and says, he will talk to you, but it's going to cost you a million dollars. He wants a million dollars in US dollars, gold or Bitcoin. No, I'm, uh, this just happened yesterday or two days ago. And, and I'm like, he wants a million dollars. Yeah. And then he will talk to you about Ukraine. He will explain his position on Ukraine and explain what. So he attacks me without explaining how I'm wrong. What a money hungry hoe. But more importantly, <laughs> Bitcoin and gold. What does he know about the economy that we don't know that he's oh, trying to collect yeah. Bitcoin and gold here under the table from Tucker Carlson just to do an interview? Oh, I think we know exactly what he knows. But there, we can get into that later. They've been, there, there were some politicians that are uh, divesting from the U.S. stock market, selling their mm. stocks as well in a very alarming late, rate that, uh, of course, is, is uh, concerning a lot of people. But th these are the people, these are the Western leaders that are demanding money just to express their voice and opinion on an issue that they played a critical role in. As, of course, you look at all the kind of prime ministers of the U.K., a lot of them tied into a lot of secret societies, a lot of them tied into to Bilderberg, a lot of them tied into very horrible foreign policy maneuvers by the United States that, of course, had a very negative effect on the world. Boris Johnson is one of these individuals, as, of course, according to many accounts, many sources, he's the guy that flew in to Ukraine, met with Zelensky right before he was about to sit at the table with Russia to negotiate a larger peace deal that was already set to be signed almost at the beginning of this entire conflict. Boris Johnson said, nope, you're not going to be doing this. 
He deserves to be questioned, and for him to want a million dollars just to even be questioned is just absolutely ridiculous and an absolute slap in the face, not just for the American people, but more importantly, the people of Ukraine that have been sold a lie. They have been pushed. They have been sacrificed. They have been screwed over more than anyone else. And if there's ever going to be any kind of restitution, if there ever is going to be any justice in a court of law, it should be the Ukrainian people asking for justice here more than anybody else because they paid the ultimate price here. I mean, I think this just shows that there is always a dollar sign for somebody to talk. And and the, I think it should be the other way around. Boris Johnson should be paying Tucker because his audience is so great. And if he stands by his stances and what he has done to the Ukrainian people and what has gone on with the war in Russia and Ukraine, then he should be willing and able to speak to Tucker and want to be on a platform that's going to get hundreds of millions of views. I mean, I think the Tucker-Putin interview was very telling of that, just regardless of what you think, if it's good or it's bad. Uh, it got Putin's message out there. So I think if yep. Boris Johnson wants, you know, the truth to be told, then he should go on the yeah. show. Why doesn't he have courage of his convictions like exactly. Putin does? I think that's a, that's a really great point. And let me also just say, it's not just the Ukrainian people that have been screwed in this war. Obviously, the it's Russians Americans. that have been conscripted. Uh, but from an American perspective, which is what I care about most as an American, uh, the the sanction regime that they levied against Russia and the, the fa- fa- failures that came with that, regardless of the... I mean, these were... These were record-setting sanctions, which, by the way, Biden just came out in that very video talking about uh, levying additional sanctions. I don't know what other sanctions they can possibly put against Russia, but this is the key thing for people to understand. What they did was they stole $300 billion of Russian assets that were sitting in central banks all throughout Europe at the direction of the American State Department. What that signaled to the rest of the world is that the U.S. dollar had officially been weaponized on the grandest scale possible, that they were going to dictate foreign policy and they were going to decide who wins and who loses wars, even when it's regional conflicts, even when it's wars on people's borders, they were tell they were telling the rest of the world, you cannot defend yourself. You cannot do anything against what the U.S. State Department does or what the broader NATO community dictates. And guess what the rest of the world did? They said, ooh, we're going to have to migrate from away from the U.S. dollar. And that's exactly what's happening. And this is why the inflationary pressure continues to worsen in America, despite the fact that Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve has hiked interest rates from the zero bound up to five and a half percent, and they continue to hike hike them. The inflationary pressure that you're dealing with, the fact that you can't afford anything, this is all a product of a American empire run amok and the U.S. dollar uh, reserve currency status dying before your eyes. This is the end of the American empire. It didn't have to happen, and and it's happening over a conflict 6,000 miles away that had nothing to effing do with us. You you ought to be way more mad than you are. What was that politician that was caught with uh, gold bars that were uh, from a robbery? Yeah. What was it, Mendez? Uh, Men- I, Bob Menendez. Yeah, Bob Menendez. This would be a perfect time to have a gold sponsor. <laughs> like, hey, guys, uh, all the Buy politicians are, are wrecking the economy <laughs> and buying gold. Boris Johnson really wants gold. But no, I've, I, I've been talking about precious metals for a very long time, but I, 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 I found that part the most interesting part of, of that larger conversation let's, let's, because it doesn't surprise me that politicians are essentially acting like streetwalkers as uh, the responses here to this story are uh, pretty funny. Mike Ben says the politician to prostitute pipeline is real. Uh, Facts over feelings says Boris isn't worth two cents to listen to. There's still another segment of this um, uh, interview that we didn't play yet. Let's let's continue to play it now. Of course, or how he's right. This is, by the way, the guy who single-handedly, at the request of the U.S. government, stopped the peace deal in Ukraine a year and a half ago and is, I think, for that reason, responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. He won't explain any of that to me in an interview until I pay him a million dollars. 
And I said to the guy, you know, I just interviewed Vladimir Putin. I'm not defending Putin, but Putin didn't ask for a million dollars. So you're telling me that Boris Johnson is a lot sleazier, <laughs> a lot lower than Vladimir Putin. Okay. Which is true. Yeah. So this whole thing is a freaking shakedown. Why $60 billion? I mean, I could get boring on this because I've learned a lot about it. But $60 billion is not going to allow Ukraine to prevail over Russia. No honest person thinks that's going to work. This is a money laundering operation. Yep. A lot of the people involved in it are making money from it. And if you're making money off a war, you know, you can deal with God on that because that's really immoral. Like that's actually really, really wrong. So and a lot of people are, including Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, dirty hoe. Who doesn't give a damn about anybody? And Tucker made the, uh, a very good point there at the end. There are a lot of people profiting off of war, and that's been the kind of U.S. strategy for a, a very long time. It's been ramped up ever since 2001. And, and sadly, it does seem like the empire, the intelligence agencies, need some kind of conflict. They need to prolong it. And whether it's Syria, Libya, Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever the country it is, now Ukraine, I, I, I think it's fair to say that they're going to be holding on to this conflict as long as they can, especially during this election cycle, and there probably isn't any end in sight to it, as, of course, it could go on for a very long time, and this is why they're desperately trying to give them $60 billion just to, just to prolong it a little bit more, just to sacrifice more young Ukrainian men, just to give, you know, Molik a, a, a little bit more pound of flesh, a little bit more of a sacrifice of the youth of Ukraine, as, of course, already there's a ton of mercenaries fighting on the Ukrainian side. Still... They're running out of people and sending a lot of women to the front lines, which is absolutely crazy. It's reprehensible on a scale that's really hard to even fathom. But um, I think that this $95 billion defense, a.k.a. proxy war bill that they're trying to, to get past, uh, they have struggled for a full month now. It has been it has failed three times. And I think that if if we can actually stand strong and, and apply enough pressure to the Mike Johnsons and the GOPs of the world uh, to not pass this, it would be the the. It would be a complete shift in the non-interventionist, mm -hmm. truly America first type of perspective that many in America would like to see come to pass. And let me just give a very brief history lesson. In, from 1960, uh, America held 60, about two thirds of all of the gold reserves on earth. We were the wealthiest nation by far. This was the whole reason that the U.S. dollar became the reserve currency all over the world. 1970, Nixon, the scumbag, took us off of the, the gold reserve standard. And he took the machine guns. Yes, terrible. And then, no, that was Reagan. That was Reagan, Reagan took the machine guns. But whatever, they're all scumbags. Uh, so so at, after 1970, they come off the, the gold reserve. What they do is they, they ne negotiate in secret a, a deal with Saudi Arabia where all of their oil would be uh, transacted in U.S. dollars. So then the U.S. dollar's backing is now it's what's called the petrodollar system. Uh, for that, though, we then have to back up a bunch of Middle Easterners that we probably wouldn't align with ourselves with otherwise. We end up fighting a whole bunch of immoral, unconstitutional wars that ultimately drive up our, our deficits and then ultimately our debt, which now we're approaching $34 trillion. Then you have the war on terror. You have all of the, the death and destruction that comes uh, as... Just This is all a byproduct of coming off of the gold reserve standard. I just wanted to make sure that people understand 
all of the suffering, all of the inflation, all of the death and destruction is a product of unsound money. Well, that was uh, predominantly also Henry Kissinger, who uh, worked out a deal with Saudi Arabia and all the other OPEC energy producers. Henry Kissinger, also the guy who opened up China to the rest of the world, essentially uh, creating and kicking the can down the road with uh, a lot of the problems that we're facing right now. And uh, I, I don't know how you feel, Morgan, uh, about this. And this could be a good thing or this could be a bad thing. But it seems like a lot of the young people don't even care about Ukraine. I don't, don't think care. I don't think I don't think most of you even know. And, no. and, and I say that's a good thing because they're like, give them more money. I don't care. Right. It's like a good, bad thing. Like, yeah, OK, it's a good thing in the sense of they don't really know what what foreign nations are doing and they're like oh there's like a war in ukraine like okay cool but they don't realize how much money that america is shelling out to go to ukraine for what you know i want a list of who politicians in the united states who in the federal government in the one percent are making money off of this war directly because i know that these billions and billions of dollars is not just going to ukraine blindly and could you imagine if just an ounce of that went to our southern border to actually i don't know help america to put america first like you would think that that they could put $60 billion to our southern border, close our border, and stop the migration crisis from happening in our country, and maybe have an effect on inflation, and maybe help out American people, help out veterans. Instead, no, they're housing migrants instead of prioritizing Americans. And, and so it honestly angers me when I see these bills that are trying to be passed that are sending more foreign money to Ukraine. It's like, was the money that we sent not enough? Like, how much more money are we going to spend funding this war that we have no business being a part of at all yeah well and and it's not winnable i mean it's not <laughs> unless, unless you're going to uh, just totally uh you know move in all of the nato troops which would uh, amount to world war three this is just throwing good money after bad and in fact it's not even good money it's inflated garbage money that you're yep. throwing after bad so uh we're suffering terribly and and the what really adds insult to injury is that the, the original formulation of this bill was that it was supposed to have some funding right. for the border that failed then they tried an isolated bill with israel that failed then they tried a isolated bill without the border but with taiwan israel ukraine that failed and now biden once again they're they're basically they're using the boogeyman of trump they're taking him out of context to try and uh you know make it sound as if uh, he's he's planning on exiting nato which we ought to i might add uh but he's not saying that unfortunately and they're trying to fearmonger their voter base into passing this 95 billion dollar bill which in my opinion is more about trying to cover up their own shenanigans in ukraine it has very little to do with actually winning that war they want to delay the yeah. day of reckoning past the elections so that they can stay in power that's yeah. it they've that's been lying it. they've been lying about ukraine for a very long time that's almost every aspect yeah every aspect ever since 2014 they've been not telling the american people the truth about it yep. and I, I i do think a lot of the like american young people are so jaded they're like i don't care I don't care. I don't give a damn. Uh, they don't care about foreign policy. And uh, y y these kind of efforts of trying to convince people, we need to do this, I, I think it's falling on deaf ears. And I think mm -hmm. this is why they can't pass the $60 billion. I think they're going to figure out some kind of a way to do it. Uh, but uh, as of right now, it's it's a big uphill battle that's going to be very difficult for them to, to well, be able to do this. Let's just think about this. I, I mean, I, I've read a 1,000-plus page book on Russia-Ukraine most young people, actually everybody in America, they couldn't even handle the 30-minute history lesson that Putin tried to give Tucker in the no. first <laughs> the first half an hour of that interview. They're like, snooze fast, boring. I'm like, I spent weeks reading a book to figure out what this is about. People don't have the attention span. No. They don't, they don't, they can't bring themselves uh, to do the work to actually be educated to understand why this is all so wrong. I if it's not I, a 30-second TikTok, they yeah, won't know what exactly. you're talking about. I, I skipped through it.
guilty guilty confession <laughs> only because i had like i had i had tactical training right yeah. and then my and then my drive to my tactical i only had an hour and then i was like i looked at the transcript and i was like putin talks about history i'm like okay i don't want to talk about, I, I, and i just fast forwarded to the hour uh and, and, and we have to in. listen on 2x speed on podcasts yeah well yeah. In, fair, in fairness it was the last 90 was the most pertinent to yeah. the american people and and i think some of his history was in fact wrong so i'm not even bothered by people skipping that part but just the fact that like their attention span is so depleted that it's just it's just too much it's like it's like this this is the foundational story to whether or not we should risk world war three and even that nuclear holocaust is not enough to motivate people to go like i really want to know what's happening here most people are just like ah whatever it's crazy but what's sad is Gen Z is so close. The amount of kids that I talk to that are very, very concerned about inflation, they're concerned about our 40 or $34 trillion in debt that we're in. They're like, well, we're going to have to take care of that at some point when we're older. They're concerned about loan rates. They're concerned about not being able to buy houses. Yet they still are voting in the direction that is sending money away that's to crazy. Ukraine. And that's what's crazy to me is because I, I, I talk to considered leftists, you know, more traditional Democrats, just college students that are super lost and confused. And, and they are for these things and they're concerned about their future yet are still voting in the direction that's well, uh, just against this. It. This is how you know that the left is truly hopeless. They talk about corporations and, and mm-hmm. greed all the time, but there is one actual monopoly in America and it's the Federal, federal Reserve. No, it's the Federal Reserve federal in terms Reserve. of finance. And, and they can't bring themselves to care about it at all they'll be like they'll be like blackrock state street vanguard you know goldman sachs they want to burn all of them to the ground but then when it comes to the federal reserve they're like i don't know how it works i don't really care it's like dude that's where the money comes from you don't you don't care at all but this is why they were never taught how it works or where it came from at all because of the school systems so they don't even know even the different governmental systems they couldn't even tell me this week president's day they couldn't tell me who was on the 20 dollar bill so Stop hitting the table. It sounds like you're in a fishbowl, by the way. Uh, Just really quick. As Julian Assange, I think, said it best when he said, if wars could be started by lies, people can, peace can be started by truth. As, of course, there's a lot of news surrounding his situation right now in the United Kingdom as a court is hearing final arguments on his extradition treaty as lawyers are arguing that his prosecution is a matter of state retaliation and... Absolutely. The guy did nothing freaking wrong except do what journalists are supposed to be doing, and that's release information to the interest of the American public, proving that the U.S. government and the intelligence state lied to us. This, as we also have another article from the United Kingdom describing how Assange was actually too ill to attend their, quote, last-ditch court bid against extradition, as, of course, Julian Assange is dealing with significant physical and mental pressures after being put in solitary confinement for many years now and absolutely being driven freaking crazy because that's what happens when you torture people. That's what happens when you put them in solitary confinement away from other human beings. And truly, this is such an important case. And when we talk about democracy and when we talk about uh, constitutional republics. I don't care what you talk about. You have no freedom at all when you have the case of Julian Assange that CNN was even describing in a very peculiar way as they were even questioning that uh, the CIA wanted to, of course, take him out. Here's a clip that I think is interesting. What is Assange's argument for not being extradited to the U.S.? 
Uh, there are several. Uh, one of them at the most basic level is that he has um, some mental health issues uh, and a concern that he may take his life if he's uh, moved to the U.S. to face trial. Another is that this is politically motivated. He was just a journalist doing his job, so it would uh, breach his human rights if he was uh, transferred to the U.S. Quite extraordinary claim now coming in, uh, just in the last hour or so, that his lawyers have presented to the court. Uh, obviously, we need to investigate this further, but this is always all presented in open court. Uh, according to Assange's lawyer, there is compelling evidence now in existence that senior CIA and U.S. administration officials requested a detailed set of plans and drawings of the embassy, the Ecuadorian embassy. You'll remember he was holed up in for all of that time. And they are suggesting um, that President Trump at the time himself requested options and sketches were even drawn up when we're talking about options. The legal team is basically suggesting that there was evidence of a CIA plot to kidnap or ass assassinate Julian Assange. Uh, these are extraordinary claims. Well, there are a lot of new details coming out. And again, those, those uh, accusations have to be verified and looked through. Excuse me? What is uh, accusations? Extraordinary claims? We have to invest in what? The, the BBC literally freaking reported, along with The Guardian. We have the article up here two years ago. CIA officials under Trump discussed assassinating Julian Assange. This, of course, is Mike Pompeo. As, of course, it's important to note here, Julian Assange was prosecuted and was jailed under the Trump administration. And what happened to him is a travesty of injustice. He needs to be released immediately. The fact that he is still held in jail in solitary confinement is a crime against humanity. There's no other way to freaking see it here. As of course, the reason he got put in there, absolutely crazy charges from Sweden that of course were dropped. Why is he in there? Well, Trump administration decided to charge him under alleged espionage actions, which, uh, again, are absolutely freaking ridiculous. And this is an important case, not just for Assange, not just for WikiLeaks, but freedom of the press worldwide. Assange isn't even an American citizen. He's being extradited to the United States. Are you freaking kidding me? This story is very important. And uh, another case on, on why... There isn't really any kind of freedom or democracy if there isn't any freedom or democracy for Julian Assange. That's just my take on it. No, I think freedom of speech is very telling that freedom of speech is at stake and that, you know, who's to say that American journalists, we saw it with January 6th, but who's to say American journalists aren't going to be jailed for similar crimes, quote unquote crimes, of simply just speaking out and sharing information with the American and world he, This is journalism 101. If, if Julian Assange isn't free... There is no free press. That's right. the that's the reality. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, it's not enough to just pardon him. You, he ought to be honored. He ought to be paid reparations for the the grave injustice that he suffered for the past decade. Uh, and I'm not even I'm not even kidding. Like I think that he ought to have statues built in his honor. I think he is an absolutely heroic figure. Same goes for Edward Snowden. I'll, I'll, I'll clash with Tim Pool on this one. He was saying that he perceives him to be uh, a leaker as opposed to a whistleblower. The reality is, is that you can't leak in this government. You can't. Like you, you are you are going to face, uh, you know, prosecution and persecution regardless. I think that Edward Snowden realized that the American people were were aggrieved, and and he did the right thing, which was to let us know the fact that the American people are so cowed, they're so cowardly that they accepted that news, that every single communication that we're making online is being monitored 24-7, uh, and, and we just accepted that, that's not his fault. That's our fault.
What did Tim say about Snowden? <clears throat> he said that he he perceives him to be a leaker as opposed to a whistleblower because he left the country and he gave it to journalists as opposed to, you know, running it up the chain of command. And, and again, uh, running it up the chain of command doesn't work, especially as we saw with yeah. Bill uh, <laughs> Bill Binney, uh, another individual within the U.S. government and other p- people who came out previously beforehand who said, hey, I, I, I tried to whistleblow through the right channels and all that happened to me was that I was uh, demoted, fired, and then had the FBI break down on my door. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, that's the type of situation that we're involved in. So, no, I, I agree. Edward Snowden also should be uh, released. Uh, I think the work he did was absolutely important. If you look at the work that Julian Assange did, especially when it came to the DNC emails, the Podesta emails, the spirit cooking emails, we broke that spirit cooking story after delving into it and finding it before anyone else here on We Are Changed through the great help of Cassandra Fairbanks, who was working with us at the time. Andrew, uh, don't tase me, Borough Mayor, was the editor during that time. We had about like 30 journalists writing different stories. He's going to be on tomorrow to discuss uh, the more of the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff here. But Assange represents someone who did incredibly important work, showed us things that people said was conspiracy theories. They said it was, it was fake news. It was misinformation. How dare you question the integrity of the U.S. government? That was caught lying to its own people and Assange brought us the truth more than I would say any other kind of media publication out there within the last few years and he's paying the biggest price for it and this is why from the very beginning I always have been saying free Assange no matter what Uh, he's not an American citizen he shouldn't be in jail he shouldn't be tortured the way that he was put in jail also absolutely terrifying with the developments of him sleeping next to someone in Sweden. Again, we can't get into it because we are still here on YouTube. Now we are going to be going to our free speech safe space. And that, of course, is Rumble, where we get to actually go off and actually speak freely. So if you're watching right now, uh, definitely go to rumble.com forward slash we are change or just go to uh, rumble.com as, of course, we are located here next in the picks category. Just scroll down a little bit and we are right next to Jimmy Dore, Glenn Greenwald, we are live right now. And if you're watching on Twitter, Facebook, Kick, or anywhere else, we are all going to be going right now to rumble.com. All you have to do, rumble.com. I'm not going to put the link in there. Go find it yourself. Get out there. It really does mean a lot that you guys go there as we have a rumble rant by Bill Dozer 74 saying... 13,000 followers away from Clint getting tased for two hours. Yes, <laughs> you're all right, Bill Dozer. Just, just 13,000 followers. Again, we could, we could do it very quickly, and then Clint gets the taser two hours nonstop two hours, here dude. on the best political show.com. Absolutely not survive that. Please uh, don't. You will. You, uh, <laughs> sub- subscribe right now. Rumble.com <laughs> forward slash. We are change a uh, hundred thirteen thousand followers. I get tasered. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it on the two chin. Hours, yeah, I'll take right. it on a nose. No, you won't. Um, hey, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we, we, we made a deal here. We made a gentlemanly <laughs> bet. Atlas he, he just saw the verbal contract. She, she agrees. <laughs> She's the arbitrator of truth. She's like, yeah, damn right. And um, so, so, yeah, subscribe. Go to Rumble. We're going to continue the conversation. Before we leave our YouTube audience, Morgan, where can people find and support you? You guys can find me on any platform. If you can spell my name, you can find me, M-O-R-G-O-N-N, and across all Turning Point USA channels. It's a little bit uh, complicated for me. Say it again. I know. M-O-R-G-O-N-N. 
There you Morgan. Go. Morgan. That's the running joke. Uh, <laughs> if, <laughs> no, I'm just helping people remember it. <laughs> yeah. If Josh is watching, Josh, put it in the chat room, please. At Liberty Lockpot on X. If you want to support my work, you can subscribe there. I'll follow you back. Uh, Liberty Lockdown is the show. Also, I have a locals page, libertylockdown.locals.com. If you want to support my work over there, that's great. And uh, Liberty Lockdown. YouTube, Rumble, everywhere else. Please do subscribe. I've got a bunch of bunch of people watching now. I really appreciate that. And I also do Tower Gang. Don't watch that. Steph. At Steph WRC on X and Steph We Are Change on Instagram. Also, if you are a member of LukeUnfiltered.com, I am going into the Telegram channel right now to take your calls, which we're going to be going to in about 30 minutes. So if you do want to speak, if you do want to say something, uh, let me know right now in the Telegram chat room. And of course, we will be queuing you up in a little bit as it looks. Like we are finally off of all these horrible draconian technocratic hellscapes. <laughs> and finally, we can express ourselves with the biggest story of today that I was dying to talk about. And that, of course, is this Bloomberg article that is titled Largest COVID Vaccine Study Yet Finds Link to Health Conditions. My response to this automatically was like, no shit, Sherlock. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> You, yeah, duh. Like, like you, you, you didn't you need to so. be a genius. Yes, I, I, that's not, that's the second thing. I was like, I was like patting myself on the back of the like, <laughs> A bunch of people died, but hey, I told you. <laughs> but but there are a lot of ramifications here, and I think this study didn't even go far enough. As of course, it talks about. You know, there was a slight increase here. Uh, I, I think that's very hard to detail here. As of course, a lot of people have died. A lot of people are dealing with other ailments that a lot of people conclude might be potentially linked to this, like turbo cancers. A lot of individuals are under-reporting their sicknesses, as of course, the way to report sicknesses, it's it's freaking insane here in the United States that doesn't do an adequate job when it comes to reporting actual adverse effects, actual individuals who are sick. And there were many underhanded games being played here saying that if someone was injured within two weeks of getting the vaccine, if it wasn't past those two weeks, it meant that they weren't vaccinated. And if they died and were injured, they were technically unvaccinated. That's the type of bullshit that the American people had to go through when it came to trying to understand what the fuck was happening here in the United States. There should have been more accountability. There should have been an ability to sue. There should have been an, an ability to hold these companies liable for whatever the fuck they were putting out there because we still don't know the larger ramifications of it. Are there health concerns health conditions issues linked to it obviously do we still understand it fully no, no. that's my perspective that's my two cents no, what do you guys it's think it's absolutely insane at how many people blindly trusted the government with getting the vaccine and now we're seeing it come out i mean i tweeted today remember when if you just even said the words adverse effects you would be blamed for misinformation or being a conspiracy theorist and now all of a sudden people are regretting getting the vaccine i think it's really sad like you know obviously people are getting sick people have these adverse effects people are dying from the vaccine and it breaks my heart seeing all of this come to light now but it's like you know how could people so blindly trust Johnson and Johnson, trust Moderna, trust Pfizer to be doing the good of the world when we obviously know that they're not? And it was we were the lab rats. Yep. Well, sad. And we've had Drew outstanding in studio with us. And, you know, he was paralyzed for a time and, mm -hmm. you know, it took him uh, at least a year to to even get to some semblance of his health back. It's it's horrible. And, and the situation with him is just one of millions. Uh, and I honestly believe that if you actually were because like we're focused on the American people. But when you consider that this vaccine was pushed on approximately 70% of the global population, this is a calamity. I mean, this is a catastrophe on a scale that's really hard to imagine. 
Um, and, and I am still to this day convinced, despite the fact that I'm not allowed to say it on YouTube, that COVID was a bioweapon. And in many regards, I think that the vaccine was a bioweapon as well. There, there has been no justice. There's been no real investigations. Uh, you have the, the CCP that's working with uh, funding cutouts from the CIA. Uh, through Fauci and EcoHealth Alliance. It's like, this is a an op that was around on the American people. And then on top of that, the vaccine being totally deleterious and not preventing the spread, not really keeping you healthy. But, but on top of that, you have lockdowns, which fucking destroyed the economy. And then you masked kids, which fucked up their brains. It's unbelievable what we lived through. And the fact that Trump is running for a second term and that he still goes around saying that he's responsible for saving 20 million lives... That will not stand with someone like me. I'm not blaming him for it, but if he wants to be the president of the United States, I expect him to deliver justice on this matter. And as of yet, he's still pretending as if everything fucking went great, and it didn't, Don. Yeah, I mean, that's an that's an issue that you know a lot of people don't really like to talk about, but I think it's an important one since I, I do think there's a larger possibility of the bigger players who were responsible for the first bioweapon uh, the second bioweapon being, of course, the vaccine. The third bioweapon is probably still being produced right now. Everyone's calling it Disease X. But when you have something like Disease X in the background, you had just recently the World Health Organization talk about it recently. You had Dr. Fauci talk about it. You had Bill Gates talk about it. You had even Joe Biden talk about Disease X. I think with the potential of larger chemical and biological warfare out there, if you have this threat still out there, you need to address it. You need to come out and be like, okay, um, I, I made a couple of mistakes last time. I'll do better next time. I, I know now not to do this, not to do that. And when it comes to the vaccine, I believe, I don't know how conspiratorial you get. Some people get really conspiratorial and I think go too deep down the rabbit hole and, and go uh, essentially over to China with how, how, much, how far they're, they're digging and, and they totally lose the plot. But I, I, I do think the vaccine was a continuation of COVID. And when you look at the gene sequence of it, specifically where it is weak, it highlights a larger mutation that happened with COVID naturally that allowed it to be more prevalent, that allowed it to still be here when natural immunity was kicking its ass then we got the vaccine then we got more cases of covid coming out there so my theory is that covid vaccine continued covid expanded it created more different mutations out there and uh, specifically made it so it's going to be with us for a very long time Luckily, I think the American people aren't getting more booster shots and getting the vaccine at the large rates that we saw at the beginning. At the beginning, you know, it can be scary for people that didn't understand that COVID was a obvious bioweapon and be using against, you know, uh, the Western nations and just the world in general. But now I think the vaccine has lost its weight as well. And people are starting to wake up to the fact that like, oh, maybe this isn't good for me. I mean, we're seeing the blood clots come out. I, I honestly fear what the fertility is going to look like for the next generation of the, what the birth decline has already been happening. What is it going to look like in the future of women having fertility issues or even men not being able to uh, have children with their wives? Like, I, I think there is going to be a huge problem in our world of population. There, well, there already is. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the population numbers, the replacement numbers, they're well, right. dismal. They're, they're absolutely incredibly But I think the low. vaccine is going to play even a bigger role into that where women are going to have fertility issues and be questioning, why can't I get pregnant yeah. without actually pointing that to the vaccine? And that's important to note here because a, a 
lot of the mainline doctors, even the ones pushing the vaccines, were kind of surprised. They were like, oh, we gave the vaccine, then the spike proteins were supposed to go all throughout the, the body and the system and all the organs, and they went straight into the ovaries. And yeah. the doctors are like, oh. uh, why are they going into the ovaries? Like, oh, we don't know. Should we don't still know, start just, taking it? Just make yeah. sure you get a booster. Yeah, just get just get another shot there. And, and 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 this is why Candace Owens tried to bring this issue up with Donald Trump. I try to bring this up whenever I'm around any kind of Donald Trump associates or, or just even his staff or just even any of his supporters because this is, I think, an issue. Right now, right now we have an, we have a way to kind of address it. We have a way to have Donald Trump actually listen to us because he needs us to to vote for him. So I think more than ever we kind of got to address this. Candace Owens tried to address it to him. He kind of steamrolled over her, and I don't know. But uh, to me, obviously, Donald Trump's way better than Joe Biden. But I fear. If we elect Donald Trump, the the people that are in charge are just going to be like, you know what? Let's just release the ZZX this time. Yeah. And um, you know, Donald Trump, if he's going to be reading from the same playbook that he read before, that he knows is the right thing for him to do, and and not kind of correct his wrongs, I'm kind of afraid of that yeah. personally. I don't know if that's something that you think about or something that that you're afraid of. I mean, to an extent, yes, because I think that COVID wasn't executed well enough. I think, you know, they tried and okay, a bunch of people got sick, but I think there was a way more, like there was a bigger plan behind what actually happened and how it was rolled out in the US. Same thing with the vaccine. I think they were hoping for more people to get it. I think they were wanting even more damage than the damage that has been done. And I mean, I am a Trump supporter. I am a Trump girl, 100%, but I do think that he should be more transparent with the American people and own up to what kind of happened in 2020. I agree. I and it, it's uh... Uh, Chris Martinson, who I had on my show, as well as uh, Brett Weinstein, have theorized that, in fact, the Omicron, all these strains that, that Luke's talking about, how mm -hmm. it, it appeared as if natural immunity was winning out. Their thesis is that, in fact, Omicron and these other variants were airborne uh, vaccines that were released to try and prevent the alpha strain of COVID. I don't know if they're right about that. It's certainly an interesting thesis, but let me just be very clear. I am not blaming Donald Trump for what happened in the last year of his presidency. What I'm saying is there has to be investigations and justice for what did happen. And if he can't, if he can't promise and deliver on that, well, then you don't deserve another shot at the fucking throne, brother. Like that's the those are the facts. We have grave injustice on a scale that is almost unfathomable and you're running around pretending as if everything is okay. It's not okay. Yeah. And the the American people know it's not okay, so speak to them. Listen to them and then act. Yeah, I mean, stop hitting the table. Uh, there's there's an aspect here specifically with China and the CIA kind of working together with Echo Health Alliance and mm -hmm. Peter Daszak. Uh, that's an angle for Donald Trump to kind of take advantage of because he predominantly is one of the few politicians who's willing to stand up to China. And I think this is why the CIA went to them and they're like, yeah, let's let's do some cool stuff in the Wuhan laboratory. Let's 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 work out some uh, bio weapons here. Let's figure out how we could uh, make diseases and viruses as lethal as they can. And this is important because when the CIA covered up the fact that this thing came out of a laboratory, they, they covered up an important aspect that I think a lot of other countries are paying attention to as we have this story from uh, the, the, the Russian government with them re literally releasing a statement talking about how, quote, the United States is preparing for a new pandemic and that they're, quote, looking at mutating viruses. T they're doing this to, quote, pursue imposing global control by creating biological crises. Now, if the Russians believe that this is happening, 
The Russians are also working on bioweapons themselves, specifically gene-specific bioweapons. And a lot of people like to talk about, oh, nuclear weapons, you know, there's going to be nukes everywhere, like, like it's something. Those are old, archaic, old technologies that don't even really matter anymore. If you look at fifth-generational war, if you look at biological war, if you look at what's happening to the American people right now, where the American people are dying more than ever from fentanyl, from obesity, from uh, lack of kind of any kind of proper exercise, you look at the fertility rates, I think it's fair to say that there already is a biological war and the American people are losing. Someone recently made the comment saying, you know, why are all the fentanyl deaths in the United United States. Why aren't they anywhere else? Why are the, the media publications telling people not to have children to, to make the weather gooder for climate change and the environment, but at the yeah. same time telling people that we need more people to, to import into this country because of the population? Why, what, what's really going on here? And to me, it's a eugenics operation. And I think this war has already started. And I think there's already many kind of angles of this. Atlas, it's okay. No air corns outside. Leave them. Come on, let's go. Couch. And, and I think when we uh, examine everything that's going on, there's things out there far more lethal than nuclear weapons. And, it, 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 you know, the shots could have already been fired, already been placed through COVID, through the vaccine that make, a, make us susceptible for the next weapon out there that could hit us. It's biological and psychological warfare that's already happening in the United States. And it's affecting every single person in America. I mean, look at TikTok, look at, you know, big pharma, big pharma, the pharmaceuticals that everyone's hooked at. Look at the technology, look at the food. I think the the war has already started and I agree. I don't I think nukes are of the past and a new biological warfare is going to happen and you, you mentioned eugenics. Absolutely. I mean, our population has been on a decline. Our migration situation is awful and I think that the American people are just falling. Yeah, I, I think when we see it, when we see what's been happening, especially in Ukraine, because there was bioweapons facilities and, and laboratories and research facilities in Ukraine as well. Yeah. Now that the Russians are bringing up. So uh, as Atlas is coming over to, of course, say hi and make sure everyone's OK in the house here. But when, when we look at what, what's happening here, it is kind of daunting. It is something that you kind of look at and it's like, OK. How are we going to address this? My response is, hey, you got to work out. You got to take care of yourself. It's time more than ever to try to get your health as 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 good as you could freaking get it because yeah. that's the only thing that you could do. Say they release another bioweapon, who is going to survive? You look at what happened with COVID. A lot of the fatties didn't survive. No. A, a lot of the people with comorbidities didn't survive. And uh, it was it wasn't as aggressive as a lot of people thought it was it was going to be, but it still right. had a major impact. But also, more importantly, it also negatively affected everyone in a way where some people didn't even notice. Some people didn't even think they had COVID. They got tested. They're like, oh, I have COVID. Then they got their lungs tested, and then uh, their lungs and their organs were negatively affected by this right. as well, which makes you wonder. What the hell's going on here? I call me crazy. I think it's all to destabilize Western civilization, and it's coming from the WHO, and it's coming from the WEF. Because what better way to destabilize the American population than to use something like a pandemic, you know, than to use something like a vaccine, than to use something like technology to psychologically condition the next generation into thinking like, oh, this is going to be good for me, and this is what I need to do, and that's how they are going to reach their goals and destabilize our country. Yeah. Automatically, when I saw what was going on with COVID, I was like, bye! 
bioweapon. That's a yeah. freaking bioweapon. And then automatically everyone was censored for saying that. And I'm like, holy freaking cow. And this is why they, they played into something that I thought was very interesting. Because in the beginning, the U.S. government was like, oh, you got nothing to worry about. Yeah, Masks, who need masks? We don't need masks. We don't need, we don't need to have travel. We don't need to do anything. And six feet is an arbitrary number. Yeah. Like well, you can't stand six no, feet No, But in the beginning, they underplayed what was happening significant right. to, to the point where all the conspiracy theorists like myself and all the people who didn't believe in the government were like, it, it's a conspiracy. They're lying. They're, they're covering this up. So this makes me wonder what's going to be the next thing. How are they going to play it? Because they know a bunch of people aren't going to believe them this time. So there's going to be more tricks because the way that they were able to get COVID in there and make people take it seriously is by them not taking it seriously themselves at first and then taking it super seriously and then punishing and arbitrarily going after people for wanting to be free. Let's let's add to the, the layers of depravity here. I mean, you had the CDC, DHS, FBI, all instructing these censorship yep. protocols that you're talking about, and the American people sleep. They yep. don't even pay attention. They don't even care. I mean, this is this is like injustice on top of injustice on top of crimes against humanity, and yet we still are like, let's let's have a a, a redo with the same guys, uh, and, and we're not even going to expect any sort of investigations or prosecutions or justice. I mean, there has been no, like, there should be tribunals. I don't, I, like, I feel like I'm losing my mind that this isn't just, like, uniformly accepted that, yeah, we were don't lied to, and we were censored, and we're going to prosecute everyone responsible, and I'm not hitting the table, even though I mean everything I'm saying very passionately. We're going to get you, um, like, a foam pad in front of you <laughs> just so you could have... I'm like sorry. I'm jacked up today, dude. I'm pissed. A, a stress ball so you could just help relieve some of your uh, angst Just give anxiety. me a soggy shoe, Luke. Yes. Well, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> you didn't hear this am, It's terrible. Two days ago. Uh, right, well, but we'll keep the guy going as you're giving me a lot of ideas for <laughs> pranks in the future. You, uh, Morgan, oh, no. you don't want to... You don't want to listen. I don't you want to You don't, you don't, you don't want to go to the video that we did two days ago. And you don't want to watch the rumble portion no. where we described a specific situation Got with it. A, 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 a soggy suit. I'm just going to say that my brain, packet of Gushers was asking for it. Listen, listen. <laughs> we, we have serious people here on this broadcast, all right? We're, we're serious broadcast. All right, all right. As uh, there's a, a lot of different things that uh, I'm already thinking about for tomorrow's show that I'm going to be implementing. And um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. Click the subscribe button. We're going to go to callers in just a little bit. But, Clint, you sent me a video of Dr. Phil on Joe Rogan. It's kind of a long clip. I don't know if you want me to go to any specific portion of this clip or if you just want me to play it here. But he's describing what happened during COVID, and he brought up some uh, interesting points. You may remember I I came out and said, "Ah, bad idea here. You don't want to do this because shutting this down is going to create more problems than the virus will ever create for these kids. I said, it's going to, it's going to create more. And everybody looked at me like I was some kind of heretic. Oh, my God. They were saying, oh, he's crazy. What a nut. This conspiracy guy, absolutely nuts. And let me tell you who was involved in shutting this down. Department of Education, CDC, And this is the same bunch that controls the statistics, the research and statistics that I just went over with you that said young people are at the highest levels of anxiety, depression, suicide, and loneliness since they've been keeping records. That didn't start with COVID. It started 10 years before COVID. 
So they had that information, Joe. They knew these kids, this population is more vulnerable than it's ever been. And they also knew that going to school, interacting with their peers, this was their lifeline. They knew they were the most vulnerable they had ever been and that going to school was the lifeline that kept them going. And they shut those schools down for two years. Absolutely freaking evil. There's no other way to describe it other than if you look at what happened during COVID, you look at every step of the way, there was deliberate efforts not to keep everyone safe, not to help anyone. It was a deliberate effort to sabotage, destroy, and to ruin anything good and holy. I think it was isolation. I think it was psychological warfare. I honestly do. Like if you, especially with hindsight, like during, in the moment, I theorized it, but I wasn't certain. In hindsight, knowing what we know now, it becomes more and more self-evident, in my opinion, that in fact, this was psychological warfare. You were you were fear-mongered into uh, a, a state of panic for years. Do you know how unhealthy just that alone is to be in a state of panic like that for years? And then you're forced to self-isolate, as you're describing. Then you're forced to mask, which limits your oxygen intake, which fucks with your brain too. And then you're then you're obviously you're you're depressed, you're lonely. Then you have this flood of fentanyl that comes in simultaneously. You have all of these people that are becoming God. drug addicts and and suicidal ideation, as Dr. Phil detailed. Yes, the all of these issues of anxiety, depression, and, and drug addiction, everything started uh, skyrocketing ten years ago. But if he, what he didn't mention is that from 2020 through 22, it skyrocketed further. I mean, it was backbreaking to an entire generation. And I actually, I feel worse for your generation than any others because many of them. They, they took it as kind of like, this is now their norm. This is the new normal. Yeah. That's what many people in Gen Z see is like, this is our new normal. It's like, we're just going to live on our phones. We're just going to own nothing and be happy. You know, we'll live in our pods for the rest of the li- our lives. And we'll just listen to the government and tell and whatever they tell us Crazy. to do. It's really sad. It's really scary. And I'm surprised that Dr. Phil isn't canceled over this clip, if I'm being honest, because he is saying all of the right things out loud that we, you know, we've been talking about for years since 2020. But, you know, so many people are so asleep not realizing how detrimental COVID really was to the mental health and just the health in general of Gen Z. Dr. Phil has started some uh, interesting conversations throughout his career. I, I think his um, takes on a lot of stuff uh, usually is very mainline. It, it's mm-hmm. very establishment. But when it came to his kind of assessment on school lockdowns, I thought he was uh, yeah. absolutely freaking right. My favorite part was when the guy from uh, Bum Fights uh, dressed up as Dr. Phil and then came on his show and, and was ridiculed by Dr. Phil, who, of course, was ridiculed by him that much more effectively, which kind of sh- says a lot about our, our current society. But Dr. Phil didn't stop there. He had more comments about this specific issue going on and also saying this. And they also knew that that school is where the mandated reporters are. That's where the mandated reporters are who report sexual molestation, child abuse, all kinds of of trauma to these kids. And when they shut it down, those referrals to Child Protective Services and Department of Child and Family Services dropped as much as 50% because those people didn't have their eyes on those kids anymore. What they did was send them home and lock them up with their abusers for two years with nobody to protect them. And you know what they said? They said, we did the best we could with what we knew at the time. No, you did not. You knew better than that. You knew that was not a risk to those children. You knew that that disease was not 
life-threatening to those healthy children, and you shut it down and sent them home and left them there for two years. Some of them locked up with their abusers, the rest of them dealing with anxiety, depression, loneliness, and suicide. You did it because you could, and you had no plan to reopen the schools, and that's where government's getting in the way of being healthy. That's where families are getting broken apart, and that pisses me off. And they abused some people to love their captures to the point where some young people are saying, bring back the lockdowns. I missed the ritualistic abuse by the state that they were first forced to go through. That, that to me, is another aspect of this because it definitely does seem like COVID, not just uh, physically, but mentally damaged a lot of individuals, especially with the isolation, especially with people not being able to go out, be with each other, see each other. We're very social creatures. This is why uh, Julian Assange has lost his mind because he was taken away from everybody. He was put in solitary confinement. He has no human interaction. Not having any kind of human interaction is a form of freaking torture. And uh, it, it's fair to say the U.S. government, all the other governments of the world that participated in this larger U.N. agenda uh, project and plan tortured its citizenry and created uh, a lot of damage that there's, that, that, that there's no going back from, especially with the youth. And they and they funded the goddamn creation of it, and like you you just you can't disconnect those facts. Like Fauci and that work was being done uh, at UNC Chapel Hill. It was then migrated over to what some you people think into Ukraine, and then it was transferred into uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology for completion. Like this is this is taxpayer funds that are that are being used to create bioweapons that then they fucking destroy your life they destroy the economy they destroy your mental health they destroy your uh, just your way of life broadly and then there's no reflection on all of these mistakes i don't see this is the thing because there's been no reflection on i that's my this is the primary reason i don't think that it was a mistake i think that this was an op that was ran against us no there was nothing about this as that was a mistake nothing at all shows that this was just some accident that a bioweapon got out absolutely not the lockdowns everything was so intentional because there was no reason for us to be locked down for two years let alone two weeks if we would have stayed out America could have been a flourishing country and Gen Z would be fine. Corporate America would be fine because even now, like look at work from home and how that has changed all of the corporations in our country, people getting laid off, companies losing money, small businesses having to close their doors because they couldn't function in the economy during the pandemic. I mean, everything. Let's add to this too, that the, uh, the, the wealth gap, which the Democrats always lament it has never been more lopsided than after the bailout bills of 2020, when yep. $5 trillion plus dollars was transferred from the poorest amongst us to the most wealthy. I mean, it is, I mean, financial injustice on top of everything else. And let me just finish off this rant by saying- It's still crazy. The government was like, hey, let's all go to Walmart together. It's <laughs> it's for your safety. Don't yeah. go to those mom and pop shops. Don't, don't, don't yeah. uh, you know, let's, go to different places at different bodegas. times. Let's all just go to Walmart. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to finish off this rant by, by saying, you know, I think that particularly after World War II and what happened with the Nazis and everything else, there, there was obviously a lot of people on the planet that didn't want to relive that era. They didn't want to think about it, but it didn't change the fact that they knew that there had to be Nuremberg trials to make sure that you go after people that were responsible for crimes against humanity. I feel like we're in that moment again. We have to go after the people that violated our very humanity on a global scale. It is such, such an egregious crime. It requires... 
uh, in my estimation, an egregious punishment. And as of now, these people, many of them are still in positions of authority, which is totally psychotic. You expect us to actually recover or be able to proceed in any sort of like reasonable way if they're still decision makers like it's fucking lunacy yeah there definitely needs to be uh, court proceedings um addressing a lot of this because if, if if there's no accountability they're just going to do it again and do you think there will be any accountability or justice to the COVID situation because i think they're just going to roll out a new disease coming yeah. in the next couple of decades if and we don't demand it there will definitely not be justice i'll tell you that and why wouldn't they i mean they biologically engineered one why wouldn't they do, they do a second one if they were never held accountable for it the first time but but the children being raised in that type of environment hey we can't go outside. We can't go to the beach. We can't go to the park. We can't support Nana's business. She has to shut down because the government is here to protect you and make you safe. That kind of larger psychological abuse, that kind of larger upbringing is something that we haven't even seen during times of communism. Like my family grew up in, in communism. I was born into communism. The government in the United States went further than than a lot of the communistic states, which is just absolutely uh, bewildering. As of course, uh, you know, I I think bioweapons are the new nukes. I think they're the new latest weapon, and sadly, they are being weaponized. I know China's working on bioweapons. I know the United States is working on them. I know Russia's working on them, gene-specific weapons. And uh, because there's not a real conversation, because there's no real accountability here, I think we're just going to go further down this trajectory. And hey, the only thing you could do, work out, be in the best shape that you could be. Whatever the fuck happens, don't fall for their lies, don't fall for their psyops, but. Make sure you're in a position not to be taken advantage of, not to be weak, because the people who were weak, the, the people who listened, the people who obeyed, the people who uh, you know, ate all the food that's advertised to them, the people who did everything that they were told, a lot of them aren't here today. And a lot of them are far off worse than they were ever before because they complied, because they were obedient. So always make sure to question everything that they send out to you and um i think at this note we're going to go to callers we're going to go to uh, solid snake here it takes a while to to uh, make sure that the encryption and the phone call and the technological stuff is is working here in a good adequate way <laughs> and um i'm just gonna leave it to you guys being like what if what if um their their next um virus makes people gay and then they destroy everyone that way. Well, they had, they had, had gay bombs in the Vietnam War. Do you right? think it would have the reverse impact on me where I'd finally be straight and my dad would love me again? Yeah, I, yeah that, <laughs> I'm setting up that joke. This is why I, I had to cut you off at the patch. Always setting up. I'm, I'm like, I'm like slowly like, I'm like reading a comedy book too. Literally, I, I literally have a comedy book that I'm like learning and reading, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a perfect setup here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slam dunk this one home. And then this motherfucker just fucking ducks it in his own hole. In his own bonus hole, <laughs> fucking and, like swims around. You stay out of my bonus hole, Luke. And um, I always uh, goes after my freaking jokes. But uh, interesting book. I'll, I'll do a review of it in a little bit. I got into book reading recently too. I recommend people do that to try to remain sane. I read at least twenty pages a day now. And I'm ordering a bunch of books. I asked uh, the audience recently, I was like, tell me which, which books you want me to read in order to improve whatever the hell I'm doing. 
Uh, so um, I don't know if you guys are, are reading any books or what's the last book you uh, guys read as we try to get Solid Snake here on the line. Yeah, the one I'm currently reading is uh, Carol Ross, You Will Own Nothing. Uh, fantastic book. I'm also reading Tom Wood's latest. I think it's Diary of a Psychosis, which goes through the entire history of uh, from 2022 today with his like his diary entries throughout and now the science to back up. It's it's an amazing it, like this is why I'm still so pissed about 2020. Any book recommendations, Morgan? I need some book recommendations personally, because I'm one of those Gen Zers that hates reading books and does audio books. So, but we're trying. I'm actually trying to read books. Just, <laughs> just don't do Eat, Pray, Love. Don't do that one. Don't do that one. Okay. Uh, but, but there is something. There is something, uh, Steph. There is something about uh, just uh, being able to, of course, quiet your mind and just to like have a, a physical book in your hand, and then when you have that physical book, just just like reading. There is a, a kind of spiritual aspect to it. To you want to have your mind really quieted? Uh, Be Here Now by Ram Dass. That'll, that'll trip you up. Uh, the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, also a great book. I can't recommend that one enough. Uh, we got Solid Snake on the line. Solid Snake, how are you? Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for becoming a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Feel free to ask us any question. All right. Um, well, first off, if the next virus that's coming out is going to make you gay, I would argue that Clint is patient zero. <laughs> but aside from that... So just, just um, <laughs> he said Clint is patient zero if there's a virus that makes people gay. Great point, Solid Snake. Couldn't agree with you, Mars. Solid Snake. <laughs> okay, so, but um, yeah, as far as you guys were talking about China, um, the other day, uh, Clint said something like, a, he gave a hypothetical that maybe we're trying to degrade uh, Russia through Ukraine to get to China. And I was just thinking, well, you also mentioned earlier uh, Nixon and Kissinger. We're the ones who opened up China uh, during, uh, during that administration. And on top of that, right, we had the creation of the EPA and removal from the gold standard. All of those are which are directly can be correlated right to the China. I think Solid Snake, you hit your microphone in a way where it kind of shut it off here. Uh, I think we could hear you now, but go ahead, ask your question. Okay, um, Nixon, uh, I want to talk about China and uh, our relationship to China and our government. Um, Nixon and Kissinger, like you mentioned earlier, opened up uh, trade to China, right? And then uh, NAFTA, I think, was being drafted under Reagan but signed into by Clinton. So, and now. What Clint said the other day was that we're trying to degrade Russia through the Ukraine proxy to get to China. But if we opened up trade to China, we signed NAFTA and we shipped all of our manufacturing to China. That was uh, intentional by design. You know, that we're trying to go after China. It sounds like a snake eating its own tail. You know what I'm saying? I think I think you have more uh, uh, microphone problems there. But the the thing that you're bringing up is specifically. The larger kind of um, questions of the United States propping up China and then saying, oh, China's a problem here. And I made this point yesterday specifically when it came to a, a lot of very powerful internationalists that are working with China. If you look at David Rockefeller, if you look at Ted Turner, if you look at the China one child policy, all of that were influenced directly by Western elites that came into China and said, yeah, we'll give you all the factory jobs. 
but you're going to do what we tell you to do, and we're going to run our larger eugenics operation through you. So essentially, uh, China is, uh, some people say a paper dragon, some people say it's the next empire that's going to be taking over the world. But for me, it is a globalist playground where they are trying out all the latest and greatest police and surveillance technology. This is where they implemented the social credit score. This is where they did their lockdowns. This is where, where they did their 15-minute cities during COVID that they tested. They're testing all that stuff there before anywhere else to see who's going to be compliant, who's not going to be compliant, to have a state that's just focused on the best interest of the state. Uh, it really does highlight a, a very precarious situation because some people are saying China's the enemy. But in reality, the CIA worked with China when it came to creating COVID and releasing it to the general public. Uh, Bill Gates is working on mini nuclear reactors with China. If you look at China, it wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for the United States consuming a lot of its products, consuming a lot of the goods that we're still dependent on them for, that uh, we wouldn't be dependent, that they wouldn't be as big if, if we weren't buying it. So that, that, does, that does bring a lot of questions that I think people should be asking themselves when they're told, hey, we got to fight China. In reality, um, there's, there's, there's internationalists using China to, to fuck us over, and they're fucking us over pretty well. But yeah. that's my two yeah. cents. So, yeah, and that's how I've always viewed China more recently is that uh, we are China. Well, not us, the American people, and, but uh, our corporations, you know, the corporate. They are China. That's what they, they make up modern China. And it's like you said, they're just running all kinds of, uh, you know, projects and um, pilot programs, you know. But um, where do you think Russia stands in all that? Do you think Russia is actually in opposition to the, uh, you know, the America-China imperialist? Or is Russia kind of just, um, you know, another part in this pod? Because like, uh, like we mentioned, Kissinger and uh, NAFTA and Clinton, while uh, they're, they're always complaining about Russia, but then... Um, you know, under Clinton, uh, under Clinton's deal, uh, Hillary, they gave, uh, was it 20% of our uranium, you know, deposits, signed them over to Russia. That doesn't make any sense, you know, was uranium used to make uh, nuclear weapons and, or nuclear energy, right? That, that doesn't compute either. So it sounds like we're already in a one world government, you know, and all these conflicts and all this stuff is just, uh, you know, dog and pony. I think I think there's a fair argument to be made uh, along the lines of your thesis, but I think that oftentimes you'll see uh, you know singular acts from corrupt politicians in America that that kind of make you think that they're all working in unison uh, when in fact they're not. They're just scumbags that see uh, a pot of gold and they go for it. Um, and I think in the Clintons' case, that could be that could be the tale. But uh, to your point about whether or not we're working in tandem with Russia or China, I think that obviously we have relationships or we have had relationships with all of these nations, every nation on earth uh, for the longest time. And I think that that China has been allowed to rise because they, they wanted to have a productive capacity that could uh, offset the fact that basically we, we were the U.S. Uh, dollar. That was like that was our thing. We export dollars. They give us products. That was so we needed someone that was going to produce cheap, uh, produce cheap goods. But they well, don't we didn't want need it. We just destroyed, uh, you know, uh, blue collar America. Well, it's, it's not I, like there was I, a great thing. Not, it was, it was David say. Rockefeller being like. Those slaves will do it for pennies on the dollar. Right. Like, fuck paying this guy's is like I, retirement. I'm speaking from a, a central banker standpoint, not from a, an American interest standpoint. From the American people's standpoint, it's been cat catastrophic. But from the banking standpoint, 
you want to have cheap goods so that your your peasants don't rise up because our standard of living has risen because we've exported dollars they've sent us cheap goods we still feel as if we're doing okay even though we're not because our our, our standard of living is declining uh, slowly but surely uh, but I, I think that Russia was trying to cooperate with the American Empire and the United Nations and the the NATO alliance up until about five years ago when they realized that like no matter how hard they tried they were going to be abused um, so that's when they decided to align themselves more seriously with China. Putin did not want to do so. He said so explicitly. He's like, we don't, we are not Chinese. We don't want to fucking be in bed with these people. The American empire forced them into bed. So you now have the largest nuclear power with the, with the most populated country, with the most productive country on earth uh, that are working in tandem with one another. And that is ultimately why the sanction regime didn't work. So I think that there are there are competing interests. So like anytime you try and come up with a cogent thesis, you need to realize that there are power brokers and different sects of of power brokers that are are, are clashing with one another. Solid snake, I'm gonna answer your, your question, but we're gonna go to another caller as well. We got Chris Baker also waiting on the line. Uh, Solid, thank you so much for becoming a member. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, really quick, if you wanna say anything, say it really quick, and then we'll go to Chris as I answer your question. Station zero. <laughs> Damn right, patient zero. Thank you so much, Solid Snake. Really Solid appreciate Snake. You're a real that. Piece of shit, Solid Snake. Uh, I appreciate Solid Snake a lot, and I endorse his <laughs> message. We're gonna go to Chris Tank. As we go to Chris Tank, I want to answer Solid Snake's uh, message here. As of course, Russia cares about Russia, but I think there was a portion. There was a time during World War II where the Nazis were going to align themselves with the Soviets. And of course, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, the morality. No, 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 no one gave a fuck about morality. Everyone gave about everyone gave a fuck about power and resources, which was a, a larger kind of, um, you know, response to the war and motivation for the wars that were happening. As, of course, Japan attacked the United States when we went after their energy resources that prevented them from colonizing China. Uh, but but the, the larger issue is Russia cares about Russia. I think the United States Western Empire is terrified if Russia joins up with Germany. Germany, the combination of the, the engineering and the natural resources could be something that could compete with the United States. And I think this is why we're seeing such a kind of America hegemonic uh, philosophy that's being rolled out right now in Ukraine to prevent those two countries coming together. And I think this is why they also blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. So Russia cares about Russia. I think there's some elements of China caring about China, and they're kind of using the globalists and the internationalists for their own personal benefit, and the globalists and internationalists are using China for their own personal benefit. That's my take on it. Morgan, I don't know if you have any kind of assessments or thought on this as we try to go to Chris no, here. not too much to add, but I definitely agree with the globalism statement, especially I've been doing a lot of work looking at the WEF and kind of how they're infiltrating culture in America and destabilizing Western civilization. So I definitely think when it comes to the whole COVID thing with China and China being one of the more superpowers that I think America relies on China for too many things and the money and the corruption is very, very evident. Most of our... Uh, antibiotics most of our pills most of our supplements all freaking come china. from china and uh that is a, a you know a big worry and concern because you know a lot of people talk about trade wars with china a lot of people talk about hot wars with china especially yeah. over taiwan especially over you know resources trade routes and uh some people say, you know, China's a paper dragon. Some people say China's the real threat. I don't know where people kind of uh, get their uh, assessments okay, from. If you, but, had, uh, if you had to buy all your goods American-made, you would realize how poor you fucking are. Yep. 
Like the, the primary reason that we're still feeling as if we're not totally flat broke is because we get so much cheap shit from the rest of the world. Do we know where Trump's sneakers are made? I was kind of looking I, at that. They're like they, 400 bucks. But if they're, I'm like, they're they probably 400 be bucks made. because they're probably made in the United States or in Latin America. Yeah. Um, well, I, if, if he's going to do the America first thing, he better fucking build his shoes in America. Well, no, I know a lot of his products are made in America. Okay. Um, a lot of his knockoff stuff that other people do outside of him oh, are yeah. made in like China. Oh, but sure. I remember going uh, to Trump Tower and like, let me check the labels. And they're made in America. And I was like, holy cow. Oh, that's actually pretty surprising because it is, it is very difficult with all the rules and regulations. And I think that's what Trump also realized during his administration being like, I got to follow. I got to pay this. I got to do all this. What? I, what? The Chinese don't have to do any of that. That's not fair. And I think one of the best policies that he implemented was a policy to, of course, help American businesses internationally. So yeah. that's one thing that I think he did great. So it looks like we have Chris Baker on the line. Chris, I believe we could hear you. If you want to turn on your video camera, feel free to turn on your video camera. But I think we could hear you loud and clear. Uh, yeah, video is not working. One uh, concern I have about all this is that I'm I'm afraid we're going to make it harder for good Russians to leave Russia. Uh, you know, you know, Luke, you know some great Russians here. You know, people like Kenny and Anastasia, you know, who are doing a lot of good work and they love they love they love America. And I, you know, I, I think one of the best things we can do is uh encourage the the best and brightest to leave Russia, whether it be their scientists, their doctors, or their or their Bitcoiners. And I don't want to I, I mean I, I'm opposed to foreign aid, but I'm I certainly don't pretend that Russia is any kind of bastion of freedom because uh, Russia has a very horrible history uh, behind and in, in all this, you know, with, with human rights. So, so yeah, I'd, I'd want us to do it. I'm, I'm afraid we're, you know, some of these policies are just going to make it harder for Russians to leave Russia and go elsewhere. Well, right now you see the Russian doing almost the exact opposite of what the American culture is doing. And they're telling their people, have a bunch of children, uh, make sure to settle down, uh, go into the military. Mas masculinity, it's not a bad thing. That's the exact opposite of what American culture is telling its young people. And uh, that's a problem. That, that's an issue. When you look at Russia, everyone's like, Russia's totally free. They're totally awesome. They're fighting for, you know, they're fighting the, the elites. And I'm like, no, Russia's fighting for Russia. And when you look at their COVID record, it was uh, absolutely horrible. It was just as horrible as many other places. And many people fail to, fail to realize that the lockdowns and restrictions were just as bad there as they were anywhere else in the world as well. I don't know if you guys have any two cents on that. I mean, at the end of the day, every I country mean, just cares about themselves and their money. They care about their money and themselves. So I don't really think it's a concern of ours to, you know, have Russians uh, leave. Well, I think that the most concerning trend is that I don't think the American political establishment is at all concerned for the American people and their mm -hmm. money. They're only concerned about power accumulation and wealth accumulation for themselves to the detriment of the American people, which is why the American people ought to rise up, but they're not. So uh, we'll see. As far as the Russians go and whether or not we should be welcoming the good Russians to come in. Uh, look, I, if they want to leave, our borders are wide open. So fucking do it if you want to. But um, I'm of the opinion that you do not want to brain drain a nation, even if you perceive them to be your enemy. You want to have the best and brightest there uh, try and create 
you know, uh, parallel economies and, and create political movements in opposition to Putin. If you if you perceive him to be this, you know, tyrannical dictator, you do not want to have him have his entire political opposition flee. You want them to actually be, uh, you know, as strong as possible. I don't actually agree with your assessment, but I think that there's a, a flaw, even if I look at it from your perspective. Well, I well, I do know some who have left, you know, like Mikhail Svetov and some other people. They've actually kind of got their own for. Uh, and it's similar to a free state project. It's called Monte Libero. A bunch of them are in Montenegro now, uh, you know, kind of like New Hampshire, but it's in Europe. So, uh, yeah, 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 it's cool. I mean, yeah, I, I've known, you know, certainly I'm, and like you said, Luke, America has lost the moral high ground in so many ways. I mean, you know, the fact that the fact that Snowden is a free man in Russia and has, well, I don't know how free he is, but he's not in jail. So, you know, and he's got citizenship and he'll probably, and you know, I mean, I, I will, I, I, maybe I'll be proud to be an American if Edward Snowden can ever come back to America, but I don't know if it'll ever happen in my right, lifetime. Man. And him, and of course, uh, uh, of course, uh, Julian Assange, Julie Assange too. all those individuals should be free. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to go around lecturing the rest of the world about fucking morality or, or democracy or any of these fucking things, like we have to get our house in order. I, I, I don't know how anybody takes Joe Biden of all people seriously lecturing other, you know, dictators around the world. It's like, we've just locked in our houses for two years. You force poison into our bodies. We have journalists that are behind bars. You have other journalists that are dying in these nations that have been arrested by the, the uh, alleged democratic side of this war against Russia in Zelensky and Ukraine. It's like the, the hypocrisy is just so obvious on its face. It, none of it comes across as sincere because it isn't, yeah. because it, these it, people are lying. It's just very simple. If you look at some of the most prosperous nations on earth throughout recorded human history, their prosperity is directly correlated with freedom. And once you take away freedom, you have stagnation. You have less free speech. You have less freedom of, of people being able to fix and solve problems because you have hard-headed assholes in power that are centralizing it all for themselves and stopping the, the exponential growth of humanity from expanding. And truly, this is why the Assange issue is so important to me. The free speech issue is so important to me and why this social media censorship is so dangerous because it denigrates, it destroys, it, it, it's the opposite of, of progress. And, and the people cheering it on or calling themselves progressives, I mean, that is just absolutely freaking ridiculous and an insult to anyone paying attention to what's really happening in this world because you want the United States to do well, you want it to prosper, you give people economic freedom, you give people social freedom. All of those things are correlated and we're losing all of that, which yeah. is extremely dangerous. Well, and, and just think about how, how long would lockdowns have persisted had we been able to speak openly and honestly on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of social media. Like, it wouldn't have lasted nearly as long. How many people would have got vaccinated had we been able to tell the truth about the bullshit Pfizer studies that were bearing uh, the, the adverse side effects that were well-known very long time ago? Like a lot less people would have hurt hurt themselves with that bullshit. So, uh, free speech is paramount, and this is why the Julian Assange case matters so much. And this is also why it's so embarrassing that we have a leaker like Edward Snowden that has to seek refuge uh, under the tyrant in Putin when he's fleeing our own tyrannical system. It's it's heartbreaking. Without free speech, we have nothing. And even Gen Z, all the progressives that are like, oh, well, I just want freedom in America because they feel like that their freedom in their own way is at stake is absolute 
crazy. It's blasphemous because Gen Z is genuinely so lost in their ways of thinking that they're fighting for these progressive things, yet not knowing anything that they're talking about. They're like, I I have to be free to chop my dick off and (laughs) and free from hearing people say hate speech. It's like, huh? What? But they're for censorship. That's the scary part is social media censorship, uh, I, I think, in freedom of speech is the pinnacle issue. It's like if you don't have free speech and if censorship is running wild in America, then we have nothing. Right. Because then that is just how the government and how the globalists will be able to just more propagate everything that's and, worth. And what's being the second most important? The Second Amendment. Second and, Amendment. and it's there to defend against the <laughs> to first. To defend the first, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, they they are on a quick path to totalitarianism yeah. and, and they are smiling all the way everything's actually, intentional actually crying all the way it's so fucking crazy that people have been mind warped to uh, essentially uh, cut off their dicks yep. eugenicize themselves and then complain about bad words that they don't want to listen to that's what people are bred to be that's what people yep. are raised to be that's what they're conditioned to be and that's fucking terrifying it is it and is. then pay thousands of dollars to go to a college and be in debt for the rest of their lives. Exactly, Chris. I, uh, I'm glad I got com- out of high school Chris, before uh, drugging. Just really quick, any closing comments here? Well, you know, I'm glad I graduated high school before drugging kids became a fad, because I probably would have been drugged if I'd been born 20 years later. Clint it's, doesn't. Sorry, go ahead. It's really, it's really messing things up. You know, it's. Uh, I don't, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how we, and you know, I, and you know, the whole masculinity thing, I, I don't think any of the coronavirus bullshit happens if we'd not become such a gynocentric social order to begin with. I mean, it's funny guys like Andrew Tate, Rolo Tomasi, they all thought the coronavirus stuff was bullshit all the way through it. I mean, you know, just, you know, you have a society so, where people so die despite being a raging homosexual. So it's not just the. <laughs> Alpha men. Yes. It's, uh, it's soy boys like Clint as well. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for becoming a member. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for uh, asking your question. It uh, really does mean a lot to have uh, people call in, be a part of this broadcast. You could do it too by becoming a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. You could very easily do that. Josh, if you're listening, uh, let's put the link in the chat room. $8 a month and you're able to, of course, communicate with us as, of course, we are also going to be doing an in-real-life meetup March 2nd in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that Clint has decided and promised to go to and jump out of a cake in a bikini in. Uh, thank you, Clint, for uh, that oh, wow. larger uh, participation. Wow. It's going to be, uh, it's going to have to be a very big cake. Is it a tuck bikini? Uh, I, I just want everyone watching at home to know that he announces these things as if we've had a conversation. Is it the tuck he just, he I know, just, the one from Target. He, he just ad-libs it and then, he, and then he makes it sound as if we've discussed it and it's unbelievable gaslighting and I I feel like I'm losing my mind. And uh, listen, it's, it's just going to be a cake. You're just going to pop gonna out happen. of it. And you're going to be like, hey, members of LukeUnfiltered.com, thanks to coming out to this meetup here in, in real life. Uh, I, I think we could go to one more story before we have to get out of here. As, of course, there was a poll that was conducted by the um, by, by people at the Munich Security Conference, and they were asking people what their biggest fear was. Democrats, Ooh. their biggest fear, can you guess? COVID. I don't know. Uh, yeah, climate change? Masculinity? No. Extreme weather. Yeah. Uh, Republicans, their biggest no fear? China. Independents, we're afraid of cyber attacks. Did Me, <laughs> as an anarchist, I'm afraid of government. Yes, Any always. kind of it. And Parks Department, terrifying. Hate those motherfuckers. Any kind of government. Hate, don't like them, don't want them. That terrifies me. Real shit. Democrats are basically like they have gone all the way into a Gnostic cult that worships Gaia. And they they now perceive like like they have to 
give blessings to the sun god <laughs> otherwise the weather will be they bad. have to sacrifice the children Democrats. at their altar they have yeah. to they have to literally sacrifice them to make which the weather they do, good, gooder, to make the say. weather better yeah. that's just insane yeah. to me that so many people are that concerned over climate change when there is statistically no evidence of anything that we're doing when it comes to reducing carbon emissions is actually having an effect on the climate like this, it's this is, ridiculous this is the only reason i'm not upset about them not reproducing because i just feel like you're like, like okay. Like, what's what's the loss? If you know, you're, that's, if you're that's so the thing with like the whole the gender debate. You know, it's like you know, if somebody wants to have surgery and cut their dick off, like, okay, yeah. but he's I not want, gonna have kids. But I want the people that believe in freedom to have fucking armies of kids, though. True. So get to it, people. I mean, this was conducted at the <laughs> Munich Security Conference. There was twelve thousand people that were questioned <laughs> here, and it just shows you just how different uh, we are. I mean, the divide between yeah. Democrats and Republicans, liberals and conservatives, people who actually. Pay attention to what's going on and the npc zombies and kyles and karens it's a big one as of course uh you know a lot of people have their concerns but to be worried about the weather i mean something that you can't control i mean what perfect boogeyman to have well what was than it this there the transgender person in the u.s uh department of health was saying that the weather is racist and that in the u.s yes, that climate it, change disproportionately disproportionately affects yes, people of color because yep. yes climate change is racist because people of color and black people in america are disproportionately people you know affected by shit, weather like, it's rained on like what, what that's what i'm saying like how can weather be racist it's because more it's I th honestly, I think the study is because there's more minorities that live in cities, so there's air pollution that's in cities. That's like that's how they they. Mm. Oh, I just, I just, I can't even deal. But they I can't framed deal with these it. It was framed. It was that framed way. in the way of like, yeah, inciting like anger that climate change disproportionately. Well, that's what the WEF talks about all the time the world economic forum of how climate change is disproportionately affecting minority communities and african countries and all of this stuff yeah. click the button steph if you're not going to click the buttons i'm going to click the button steph okay i'm anti-clicking uh, uh, you're clicking i'm clicking okay you're going to give people a seizure okay uh but i also find what the republicans were afraid of a little bit ridiculous too as of course their main fear china then iran then economic crisis mm. I, again if they're worried about china they should be worried about the intel agencies and globalists working with China. That should be the real fear, fear here, since, of course, they're the ones uh, selling them out. Independence, again, cyber attacks. They're worried about political uh, polarization and uh, Russia. Uh, again, um, the, the Russia threat is there mainly because I think the American uh, government has been uh, trying to predictively pro program people to be at war with them. But uh, yeah, political uh, polarization, that's absolute freaking real. It's its a danger. Cyber attacks, especially with their cyber polygon war games that they were doing with the World Economic Forum and the U.S. and Russian government. Yeah, that's a real issue as well. What do you guys worry about? What is your fear? I just told you guys mine. I'll say Gen Z as a their fear whenever I'm surveying college students, they say political polarization, 100%. They say the political division and cancel culture is the biggest issue that's facing Gen Z right now, which I can see that. Clint, other than, uh, you know, touching a woman, what else do you fear? <laughs> uh, no, my, my biggest fear is by far, uh, first and foremost, we have to avoid World War III. Like that is, that is absolute catastrophe if that comes to pass. Secondarily, uh, despite the fact that I think it's almost inevitable at this point, my my gravest fear is the U.S. dollar's reserve currency status dying in short order and the hyperinflation that we would experience and the, the civilizational collapse and chaos that would ensue. Civil war, all these other things uh, come into play if that happens. Third, just broad government malfeasance and, uh, you know, cyber warfare, false flags. Who the fuck knows? Uh, so, yeah, like... 
Real shit. Real shit that you should be worried about. Not any of this bullshit about the weather and all that nonsense. Steph, what do you fear? Honestly, I don't fear anything. I say bring it on. Anything that's different from this curtain pattern would just be awesome and let's go. Let's fucking I, I knew I knew she was gonna say that. I don't fear shit. Exactly. <laughs> what a savage. Oh. I fear God. I fear the government. That's a and good God. one, Luke. Yeah. I like that one. So but yeah, that's my two cents. Morgan, thank you so much for uh, joining us for this conversation. I thought it was absolutely very insightful. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was very interesting. And uh, thank you so much for joining us save for the, the last for us, yeah. Morgan. I'm uh, working do, on it. Do, I'm do, trying to save my generation, guys. Do yeah, it. Please. Do it as best as you can. Work out. Have babies. Start families. Do whatever you can. It's not easy, Drink but I think... Milk. Yes, and beef liver and uh, filet mignons and uh, ribeyes and all this other stuff. Uh, Where can people find you? Where can they uh, support you? You guys can find me if you can spell my name, M-O-R-G-O-N-N. If you can spell it, M-O-R-G-O-N-N. You're going to have to do that like three more times because like people are dyslexic like me and they're not going to get it. I have ADHD. M-O-R-G-O-N-N or all Turning Point USA channels. Thank you, Luke, for having me on. It was good to meet you finally in person and not just on X. So it's been good. Absolutely. Josh, try to put that into the comment section. Clint. Clint Russell at Liberty Lockpot on X. Got 123,000 of you savages over there. I really appreciate the support. Liberty Lockdown is the show on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, I've been putting out like three or four episodes a week, and they're doing good numbers, so I appreciate that. Continue to share the show. Continue to share this show. Hit the like button. Hit the subscription button. And fucking let people know, because there are very few platforms where you can tell the truth like we did over this past hour. I don't know if you've listened to anything on YouTube. Nothing comes close to being this aggressively honest. Uh, Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Steph. Steph, we are change on Instagram. Steph WRC on X. Thank you, everybody. Subscribe so we can taser Clint. <laughs> Subscribe now. Shit. Only 13,000 oh away. I felt it's... that in my button push. I felt the taser. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Don't the tase taser... anymore. It came through somehow. There's no way. Oh, my God. I felt it again. No way. Stop tasing us. <laughs> you guys, I'm getting a tease of the tasing. I'm like. I'm not touching those buttons anymore. They're tasing me. Atlas, yeah, Atlas okay. is protecting me. Uh, listen, it's going to be a great show. Once we reach 100K, we got a great show coming up tomorrow in real life meetup for members of LukeUnfiltered.com, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, March 2nd. See you there and everywhere, all here on the bestpoliticalshow.com. Thank you again so much for watching. Stay tuned for more.